were bad, but now they're okay. Only me or my, you're the apple of my eye, girl. I never loved one like you. Found you hiding here, so won't you take my hand, darling? There's nothing that can stop you from becoming popular, Lar. Orphan 18, and this is the second to last podcast. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. And with crazy. me today, the one and the only Ladiva Hag. <laughs> there can be only one. <laughs> um, one yeah. guest to rule them all. One guest Sorry. to rule them and one <laughs> guest to bind them. <laughs> oh, man. Welcome back Already to the off topic. <laughs> So nice to have you. I feel like it's been forever since we had a conversation. Uh, yeah. <laughs> really? She's joking um, because it was like this week. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Settle in for our 16-hour podcast. Uh, well, it's a retrospective. No. It's retrospectives are fun. People like retros. I do. Anyway. Um, so this is it's a clip show. It's a clip show. It's actually, yeah, we're going to just piece together. You're not going to really hear us. It's just little pieces of the rest of it. No, that would be annoying, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> I like this song. And then play the whole song. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> so that would be horrible. Um, so, actually, what we're going to do, when we did, um, this is actually a, a sequel to one that we did earlier on um, called The Road to Season 4. And we actually, back then, we had a conversation about, you know how Glee blew up in season one and kind of the, you know, social impact that it had and the way fandom grew out of that and kind of how it came to a graceless fall in season three. And we kind of ended that before season four because I wanted to do this one, which is talk about 
seasons four through six and not necessarily the show, but everything that happened around the show. And I, I don't know. I just thought it was a really great conversation we had. And so I dragged Snarky over here and we're like, we're doing this again. Cool. And here we are. So here we are. <laughs> Retrospective part two, electric boogaloo. <laughs> Man, if I was doing episode titles for this specials, that would be this one. Okay. <laughs> because then, part two. After they had a plan. Part two, part one was they had a plan. Man. Part two, part two. We, we gotta make this far anymore. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Which that sums it up. Right there. Make it work. <laughs> well, so let's talk about that. We have between season three and four. You know, season three, as we talked about, as you've said many times, like ended the show. It effectively said, "Here's a place that we could get off, and if you want to move on, you can move on." And the rest of us were like, well, what, what happens next? And you have... You can get on the literal train to New York or not. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people didn't, too. I didn't check the ratings, a lot of people the ratings didn't. dropped. A lot yeah. of people waved fondly at Rachel as she left <laughs> on the Lime Express. Like, and some oh. of us were like, wait, <laughs> take us on the train. Don't leave us here. <laughs> oh man so uh, there's been a lot of conversation about you know was season four the reason the show you know stopped or really was it already written in stone in season three um and i feel like based on what they did in season three and whatnot that no matter what season four did unless it was the most perfect you know, season of amazing thing ever. I, I don't know if it could have recovered from season three. I don't know. How do you feel about that? I agree. Um, I mean, also there's the flaw that season four was season four and a half. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, so <laughs> that was not, um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I was listening to one of the earlier episodes of that showman's podcast with Jenna and Kevin. Mm-hmm. And one of their guests was talking to them about Glee, and they were like, wow, Glee had, you know, X amount of seasons, and Jenna and Kevin were like, yeah, I know, can you believe it? And they said, well, when do you think it should have ended? And Jenna said it should have ended after season three, which she had a lot (laughs) more, like, later on in the seasons, Mm -hmm. but even she was like, "That that was the scope, like, it shouldn't have been past that. And I totally understand that point of view because the point of view is they had their structure, they built the whole thing, and yeah, okay, Rachel hadn't won her Tony yet. She hadn't moved to New York and had her success yet. But that really was, the end of season three was really the split-off point between what the show had been and what the show could be. Mm -hmm. And the problem with season four is that there was a lot of season three that sucked because they were trying to keep up with who they were before Mm -hmm. and failing because you can't, it's a weird niche show and it shouldn't be super popular. Yeah. And then they start off season four with something that I think sounded really great to them, but Mm -hmm. in practice and the way it was executed was executed poorly. And by that, I mean the split Mm storyline. And then you have what I'm calling season four and a half, fucking structure that they had that wasn't great that some people grew kind of fond of but it wasn't really great lasted for a season and a half 
then you get half a season of this whole new show. Yep. Um, and people are like, oh, cool. I like this whole new show. And then you have, but, but it's like the whole time people are leaving and leaving and leaving. And then you have essentially the season six coda mm-hmm. where even in season six, where they didn't have that many episodes, there's a couple episodes where you're like, what are you doing? Like yeah. you only have, you only had 12. What's this one? What, <laughs> what, why is the point of this? Um, and it felt like, uh, I'm talking about child star. So it felt no, like <laughs> a random season three episode yeah. in the middle of a very, very short season. And it was kind of like, there are things that are good in each of the things, but the, the fact that season four had flaws and those flaws lasted for a season and a half it was just too long. Yeah. Well, let's back yeah. up for just a second. Cause like with, if you take a look at the end of season three, you can take dreams come true, tack it on to the end of goodbye, and would you really notice? I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and this is from someone who actually prefers this. Yeah, you know, I like. I, there's some great stuff in those later seasons. I am so glad that I got. Oh, okay, yeah. look, if the show had ended with Kurt not getting into Niata, I would have yeah. been so mad at the show. Yeah. Because um, he and Quinn did not need to be punched every time they could possibly be punched. Right. Um, so that's not great. And those are the two characters that got punched the most. Um, and she bailed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> which, good for her. Um, there's a lot of stuff that wouldn't have, would not have worked if yeah. they just. Re- but at the same time, well, what are they going to show us? Oh, by the way, Kurt and his husband are doing fine. I mean, yeah. you know, you give us a crumb and the cleaners are like, we're good. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, and which is what we were used to after season three. We were used exactly. to crumbs. And so um, the fact that we move forward um, in season four and season five and season six, and we get so much more detail to those stories, I don't want to get rid of them at all, ever. I just right. think that. I think they made some really bad choices with their Lima reboot. Yeah. Well, and like, um, as we were talking about with the structure stuff, you could tell, like, they understood how to write sectionals, regionals, nationals, and that's what they did. And then they won nationals. And it's anticlimactic after that, unless you completely change the show. And I can understand, you know, the original thinking of, okay, we'll move the show to New York and it'll be about being on Broadway and it'll be a lot of the New York stuff that we had only actually in depth and fleshed out. And that would have been a more interesting thing to do, but it would have been a different show. It wouldn't have been a high school glee club anymore. And I do think the actual original premise, yes, ended at when those seniors graduated, because that's all you could really do. And if you were going to do one of these things where you bring in new people, you do it every season. You don't just bring in Sam. Like, <laughs> like you have to bring in, you know, you have to graduate people your first season and you have to bring people in the next, you know, so that you get used to this idea. And that could have been a longer running show. But I also think that, you know, the idea... I think since we've all had the experience of going through high school and, you know, you have four years and then you're done it. it I don't see like, unless, I mean, I know teachers do it every year, but it's still like, it feels well, the thing narratively that, that it should end, you know, even in season one, they're talking about the students are talking about their high school experience 
and what they're going to do after. There's the concept of the Lima loser. There's the mm-hmm. concept of Rachel wanting more. There's the concept of Kurt escaping his town. There's a concept of Wilfin escape his town. You like all that kind of stuff. So it's all it's all predicated with this idea that this is what they're doing and then what do you do after? And parallel to that is Shu, who this mm-hmm. is what he did and what is he doing after. So I actually think that they have a lot of reason to follow those kids post graduation. Mm-hmm. Um I just think they should have done more New York world building. Yeah. They should have taken some of the people who were newbies in the Glee Club and put them in Niata. Mm-hmm. And because you can you can still have a school concept, even if Rachel and Kurt aren't in the same classes, um, mm-hmm. a lot of that kind of stuff. And I think I think that they could have balanced it better they and they would have still been telling their tale of finn and rachel right well let's okay so let's talk about the beginning of season four and how i think even though season three is still the worst season and they had the worst plot lines and whatever i could go on forever about that um season four did three things no i forgot to add this third thing in there that i think really really hurt the show as you said, we talked about the newbies, and I know people grew into the newbies, and that's great. But grew they into them, yes. focused on the newbies. Instead of what they did with season six, they focused on the newbies, and it really should have been about the characters that we've already known and love, and then we can incorporate them. Except, But the problem is that the newbies had their own storyline, didn't have anything to do with the old characters. They were yes. just thrown on the screen, and you're like, why do we care about any of these people? They're legit copies, and they were at the beginning of the characters that we already knew and loved. They were the arc, same archetypes. Yeah. And, and you can do a meta idea that Shu sees people in their boxes mm-hmm. and deals with people within their boxes, but that can only go so long before, okay, yeah, right. she's an idiot. <laughs> yeah, <on>. exactly. <laughs> well, and the second thing is, like, as we said again, was the split narrative where in, it, they didn't make Rachel her main character of her own show. Um, and they just, you know, they didn't build up New York. They just threw Rachel and Kurt. And then you had guest stars, like, and Brody. And that wasn't a show either. And so you're like, why are we interested in any of this? We don't care. Kate Hudson's going to be there. And then she's gone. And there was nobody to, nothing to really latch on to. Because it just felt like a little B-plot when that should have been equal, if not more time, since Rachel's the main character. Um, and the third thing they did... Just to, like, you you kind of, like, spit in the face. Not that I don't mind the stories that came out of it, but you spit in the face of your fandom that is the only people that are watching after season three, and you break up all of the couples at the same time. Yeah. I'm fine with the breakup. But I feel like when you when you when you pull it back... And you stop paying attention to all the deep, deep things that were getting screen time. And you look at, like, um, well, the Britannia arc doesn't make any sense because they don't live in reality. So, yeah, <laughs> whatever that one's fine. Um, the Finn and Rachel arc, I'm fine with because I didn't want her to be with him after high school. Right. Okay, fine. And you look at the Clean arc and... I mean, everybody was like, oh, now's the time when Blaine's finally going to get a story instead of a song. Well, kind of. Kind of, not really. Or, you know, maybe now's the time we're going to see more of Kurt in New York. Well, no, not really, because we had to serve 
his narrative at Vogue, Rachel's narrative at Niata, the narrative with all the newbies, uh, Tina and Artie and Sam and Blaine doing stuff. And so we kind of only, yeah, and we kind of only really saw Kurt and Rachel interact at home, um, which, you know, there's a show there too. And they could have, I mean, they are entertaining characters. They could have made that entertaining. I do in season five a little more. (laughs) They do in season five a little bit more, but, um, but they both go to the same school and they kind of, like they're having all these individual adventures, which I totally get because high school, you're stuck with everyone all the time. It's people. Mm-hmm. That's the structure. And when you move out of that into adult life, it's lonely. It's different. You don't have these people that are just with you because they're with you. You have to make your own reality. But that was very jarring as a story to see those two things like flipped back and forth Mm -hmm. while at the same time it felt like for a very long time every time they went back to the newbies it just felt like wasted screen time where you could have added you could have edited in a little bit more in this moment a little bit more in that moment uh like a little bit just a little bit to kind of flesh it out and connect all the pieces better Mm -hmm. um everything felt very separate and that exactly hurt the show. Exactly. Well, and the the problem also is that you have all of these characters that the show wanted to tell all of their stories. When when you go back to season one and even into season two, there are definitely tiers of characters. Yes. You know, there's the Will and Finn and Rachel are the A story, and then Kurt, and you know the other kids are B stories and then there's the C like Artie and Tina are really C players and then you've got funny like Sugar and Joe like pop up for a second and tell a joke story like Mm -hmm. that's you don't well but even season three it started to get bad about trying to service every story plot line but um in season four as you said they're trying to tell all of these stories i don't think the breakups are a bad thing either i think that all of them kind of had either interesting things come out of them or were a natural place for the story to go but when you have that mixed with all of these other like the split narrative and the individual storylines and all these new characters that we don't necessarily care about it just is a mess and You know, if you have, like, you know, I can see people tuning in for the first, I know a lot of people, they didn't stop necessarily after the goodbye, but they stopped after the breakup episode. And, you know, it was, while I go back and I look and there's some really, really great stuff post-season three. There's a lot of fast-forwardable stuff, though. Exactly. Especially in the beginning of the season four stuff, because you've got all of these newbies. Do I care about the, uh, the also, like, with like Marley and Jake, right? You've got this Ugh. relationship going, and they on season three DVD they try to sh- to jam it down your throat, and it's like everything else. Even Finn and Rachel, when you go back to season one, they're adorable. Like this kind of comes out naturally in the first yeah. episode, but this all of the the Jake and Marley stuff feels forced. It does. Like, I agree. We want you to like the and the whole season. Then you add in Ryder, who's just kind of a dick. I'm sorry, Ryder is <laughs> a terrible character, and like we and you're spending. 20 minutes of your episode on this love triangle that ultimately is not going to ever do anything. Like, why are we wasting our time? I don't understand. And you could have added why two minutes into every episode where Mm -hmm. Kurt and Rachel talk in their apartment or Kurt and Rachel and Santana talk in their apartment. And it would have been better because it's that group dynamic that people like. 
It is. Well, that's, and that was also missing when you have, you have the newbies over here and you have the seniors over there and you have the New York crew over there and you're missing people. And you're trying, I get what they're, they're, I mean, Finn also felt like a, 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 a um, footnote because it's supposed to be a Finn story, but it felt like he was a footnote in his own story because of these newbie characters. It's really interesting to me when you look at the pacing of season one and even the pacing of season two, how long it took them to get to the point of season four. Because in season one, in those episodes, you're like, holy shit, a lot happened in each episode. Like the story is just zooming. And then you get to season four and it's like, how long was it with Finn before he finally was like going to do a thing and then not going to do a thing. And then he's gone and then he's back. And I don't think all of that is just Corey's personal drama. I think that's the structure of how they did it. Yeah. I mean, when you go back and you look at season four and you look at what the actual timeline is, you're like, Oh, Clayne were apart for two months. Yeah, <laughs> it? they broke like up in October. <laughs> they broke yeah. up in October, four months. So they broke up in October. They have their Christmas in December, so that's mm-hmm. two months. Not and then very they breakupable. Yeah, they in break up February. in October. In November, they tell each other that they love them, that they love each, each other. other. They're together at Christmas. They're banging in February. They're, <laughs> yep, they're engaged. engaged in March. <laughs> yeah. That's not a breakup, guys. That's a. No. This wasn't working. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're doing it wrong. You. <laughs> you're that's doing it wrong. Break- <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, but it feels adorably funny. Stretch out. Yeah, because it was a season. Well, I guess it wasn't a season and a half, but it was a full season of that. And yeah, and, and you know, when you when you look at the pacing of season one, it was just like boom, 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 boom. So I feel like they could have they could have achieved everything they needed to achieve in season four and a half. In mm-hmm. season four. Yeah, And then, you know, they could have tried season five. Maybe they just didn't think they had enough meat yeah. of a New York storyline. I mean, they could have. They just didn't want to write it. You can you can tell that yeah. they felt comfortable writing in their structure. Sure. And that's why season six, I think, is a little bit, I don't want to say better, but is a little bit functions better. In it certain goes ways to their they, strengths. It plays to their strengths. Right. But I mean, once you take out that we need a, these benchmarks of season, uh, sectionals, regionals, um, nationals, it, it's like they don't know how to write a three act story anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. you can still do that without the benchmarks. That's fine. Yeah, you're writing other stories, um, but it it's just they don't. It seems like they don't have a goal. Like they, and I think a misconception also that people have of the show. I mean, yeah, we all. We like the clean stuff. We like the relationships. We like the, you know, whatever. But in their minds, in the writers, they were always trying to have Glee Club go for some kind of competition. Like, that was always their thing. That was always driving. I mean, how many mm-hmm. times, even in season four, and it gets annoying, but you're like, and Will's like, and we have to practice this for regionals coming up. And you're like, really? Who gives a shit anymore? You won. Yeah. That's fine. Move on to these other not- things. I mean, to me, as a viewer, it was like, well, you're clearly not Lima losers. Yeah. Point taken. Oh, that's not the point? Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Exactly. So, on the flip side, I mean, let's take a second and talk about how as messy and messed up as season four is, it's more entertaining than season three. <laughs> and at least that's in my opinion. And it, I, 
I think that I mean it it might be. It's hard for me to think of it that way because I think I remember the the highs of season 3 are very high. You know, so but the lows are low. And you know, I dislike Charlie in the same way I dislike Finchel in season 3. So yeah. I guess there is, there's a lot of good stuff. But I think it's also, like, I feel with season three, everything feels kind of generic and bland, and where They were trying to make Fetch happen with the music, and that was a problem. Uh, I think everything they did with Santana, or everything they did to Santana was pretty terrible, so that was a problem. The whole first eight episodes, and like, and Dina Menzel, like with this, with Quinn. Oh, and forgot about the baby. Yeah, and the so and, and Sue's baby. Like when you watch, like this is just me, and this is just some as coming from somebody who has now like done this whole rewatch and has studied and done meta yeah. extensively on it. Going back and watching season three is tedious for the most part. Where season four, the Jarley stuff is so yeah. compartmentalized that you can just not you even pay attention. And there and, are. There are things about the newbies that get good over time. Later on. Yeah, they do. And um, it's funny because, you know, there's this whole idea that, like, Glee can't write girls. But their boys are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like, we can't write people. It's not a... <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, but season four is funny. Season three is not funny. There's, It's not yeah. funny. It, yeah, but in season four, four after they get past the breakup and after they get past like the introduction stuff, once they get to dynamic duets, there's a lot of a lot more interesting things going on. There's a lot more humor in it. Yeah, we don't have as much clean stuff of them sitting next to each other in a choir excuse me, in a choir room. But they have an actual story. And you know, while maybe the regular audience dropped off during season four, I think that was like a renaissance time period for fandom because everybody was making content because we had so much to fill in. I we mean, did one, have, we had a lot of prompts for our content. Exactly. And there were a lot of really good things out there. And, um, and you know, a lot of conversations being had about, you know, here we have like, because the, the narrative is so choppy. You know, you look at Glee, actually, and then you get I do, and there's nothing in between there. You're mm-hmm. like, well, how the hell does this happen? But having all of these conversations with people and all of this meta and all of this fan fiction, it really is some of the most fun time to talk about because there's so much going on. So here's another thing. Um, so season... Okay, so in 2013, beginning of 2013 is when um, Netflix started streaming their, like, original content, right? hmm So, season four starts in the fall of 2012. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that was really hard about Glee fandom was those hiatuses. The yes. hiatuses were huge. Huge. So, somewhere in between... Like, somewhere in season five, like, so by the end of 2013, the original content streaming idea has really, really, really kicked in. Right. And I think shows on television with these long, arduous breaks and these long hiatuses were simply unable to compete with shows where you got to watch the whole thing. 
Exactly. You well, got to just experience the whole thing. So weekly um, isn't even a bad thing because if you look at, for example, Lost, which started in 2004, um, by the time they hit their seasons four, five, and six, the writers said, look, this show is really confusing for people and long hiatuses have hurt us. Can mm-hmm. we just, you know, do just the spring and and we'll just air everything week yeah. after week after week. And remember and, with Lost, they used to show the previous week's episode beforehand with a little pop-up information of like, hey, did you forget about this? Yeah. <laughs> because otherwise you were like, what? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah they had the little pop-up videos that explained I never watched those, to us so dummy. I did. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because it was, because you basically were re-watching the previous week's episode. Right. Okay. But you weren't spoiled. Like, you'd already watched it new. So when you rewatch it the next week, you're, you're not, you've already spoiled yourself because you've watched it. And then you're just getting, like, the background information mm-hmm. and the little connections. And so it was, like, interesting. Yeah. So then and, you, you know, get. Yeah. So, well, and- so culture is changing a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. certainly, see, somewhere in the middle of season five is when I think there was a huge shift over it. But mm-hmm. I think it was really hard to sustain Glee needed really big hooks to sustain this viewership, mm-hmm. especially general viewership who maybe weren't as invested in the stories. And they tried these like big, like cliffhanger type things, you know, break yeah. everybody up and then we won't see you for two months. Break do all right. this and then we won't see you for two months. You can and tell. I mean, at like, some Friends point, was a master of it. The show Friends, they would end their finale on some big, like, oh my God, he said Rachel at the wedding. And they came back in and it would also fizzle out. But I mean, if you ever watch Friends in the, you know, the, yeah. after the first few episodes, that cliffhanger like meant nothing because they would just go back to their normal shows. But they were master yeah. at cliffhangers. But Glee was not. <laughs> like, no, it, no. Remember what I said at the end of all or nothing where it was like it's supposed to be this big amazing what's gonna happen and it's like well really nothing happened in this episode and what are we cliffhangering about blaine likes kurt newsflash (laughs) you know like that's oh he's got a (laughs) ring dude has had a ring for a long time (laughs) like it's just not it's not the same and so i think the Glee is so much a product of the time it was in and it had a big Mm -hmm. boon because of the way social media exploded differently in the beginning of it. And it also in its later seasons suffered from the way that TV changed. People don't do long form TV anymore. 22 episodes is just not a thing. Well, and, and it's funny because in that time, 22 episodes was shorter than, like, if you go back to the 60s and 70s, they were making, sure. like, 30, sure. 35 episode seasons. But then you have it on every week. So, like, yes. you know, every once in a while, oh, this every baseball week game takes and, and, you know, half of the year, it was reruns. But there weren't 40 shows in the time yeah. slot. There were exactly. three. So, it's just totally different. I mean... So you have to take a look at like what Glee is experiencing and what it's like what the story is experiencing and what it's experiencing within the TV and cultural landscape. Mm-hmm. And also, by the time we start season four, everybody else is caught up to the groundbreakingness of yeah. Glee, and so you can you can get to have your um, representation storylines for real not mixed into this high school glee club you can see it in adults you Mm -hmm. can see it in other places and so 
right. the things that Glee was doing that were unique. Uh, Everyone is doing. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh-huh. Um, we're starting to happen more. Glee has a huge impact in the way it affected other shows, the way it affected the culture, but that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody stays tuned into it. It's the kind of thing where it's like, no. oh, like in 2010, yeah, yeah. like that was a huge thing. But by the time 2013 yeah, comes on, like, there's five oh, more that shows. Band? With, yeah. Yeah. They're like, Oh, they're still releasing records. Yeah. I know about them kind of, but you know, I haven't heard their new album. Oh, you two has like a new album last year. I didn't hear it, <laughs> but it's good. It's like, you know, everybody knows who you two is. That's just the first example I can come up with. I'm not a U2 fan. No, by any you know who has a new, new band album is tool who hasn't had one in 20 years and everybody thought that we sold out it was really weird. oh my god yeah that's weird anyway. i know um Side. so there's all these things happening so if you didn't have a reason to get your butt in the seat for glee yeah. then you didn't have a reason and the problem with the newbies is they diluted that reason oh and, and then they, they didn't they didn't flesh in so if you're exactly. coming for the things that you love the things that you have a heart connection with it's just not going to happen. No, because there's that. There's the split narrative. There's the breakups. I mean, think about this. Like, oh, yeah, I really like Kurt and Blaine, and that's really fun. But I've been off, and I haven't been. What's up with them? Oh, they broke up? Eh, never mind. I don't want to watch that. Even though, like, being on the end of it, I'm like, oh, there's some really great story there. Being And then being in it. And then, uh, you know, taking from a fandom point of view, I I while I do think fandom produced some of the greatest things during that season, it was also oh, some yeah. of the most toxic time too. On the flip yeah. side of it, it was hard. It was, but like if you think about, like so, Glee had three characters in New York: three, Rachel, mm-hmm. Kurt, Santana. Can anyone, without speculating, tell me what the fuck she did? Where did Ooh, she Santana? sleep? Yeah, Santana. What did she do with her time? Where did she sleep? She hung out with Lena Dunham. I mean, we knew at one point she wanted some space in the bathroom. Um, (laughs) Like, there's, there's, the the hyper reality of Glee does not allow me to think, oh, she doesn't sleep anywhere. Oh, she doesn't do, like, she had no physical space. She just popped up like a magical uh, comedy machine say a funny thing and then leave and then that was it and you know if she was staying on their couch then that should have been obvious because someone staying on the couch affects an apartment like Sam yeah. did you know like all those kinds of things so it's just I crazy mean, that, that they, they had like on the Lima side they had joke about like, it. yeah on the Lima side they had like 25 characters who we all yeah. understand you know they have their structure they have their school clearly they have homes food whatever and then on the on the New York side, we have three characters, and one of them is a mystery. Like it just doesn't <laughs> make any sense. Oh, and we're man. and even with Kurt, we're left to assume that he's just like wandering the city, finding yeah. fabulous things, being inspired, being and like I could see it. Sure, like I can yeah. make it make sense in my head. But okay, but I mean, it's really sad when. Rachel and when Brody is more fleshed out than Santana. I mean, yes. Oh my God. Yes. I mean, I think Brody got more screen time than Santana in season four. Um, and he was yeah. not an interesting character. Well, that's the other thing though. You have in New York, these characters, even the guest stars, even uh, like I liked Isabel, but she just wasn't. It, the, she had a purpose. 
Yeah. And that, and she served her purpose. And I don't begrudge any of the scenes with Isabel. I no, only I begrudge that there weren't other, there wasn't other world building right. beyond that. Like, like, like look, you've got so. Kate Hudson and I mean, I, there's nothing, no shade against Kate Hudson. She's fine. But like the character is annoying and irritating. I want her to go away. Brody is irritating and annoying and I want him to go away. Like, these characters aren't interesting. Even Adam was like, he was a halfway interesting character, but they never did anything with him. They so, didn't give him any time. They could have though. I mean, the thing is, how many people go to Niata? It's not that many, right? Mm-hmm. So everybody at Niata should know each other. Yeah. There should be a time when Adam and Brody are in the same space, able to react to each other, you know? But even that one time they could have, they didn't. It was they that, didn't. yeah, the girls and boys on film when they're all watching that movie, they didn't have Brody yes. around. Was, no, he was gigoloing. Yeah. To jiggle it. So, you know. <laughs> I So, I think, I, so it was hard because the things I wanted more of, I wasn't getting as a fan. And then I was getting some stuff that I didn't really care for. And I was getting a lot of songs that I didn't care about either. So because Glee didn't do a good job of their Lima resurgence in season four, I think that they they lost people because of the overall structure of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. But yeah, I agree. You have a note that was like, season four was better than season three, but no one was around to see it. Yeah, certainly yeah. less people were around to see it. And, um, they, and the thing is, season you know the end of season three gave people a lot of places to be like, well, that's over, or oh, yeah. my Finchel broke up, oh, they did something to Kurt, I'm not watching that again, or oh, like Glee yeah. had so many places where people could chirp out and just be like, I'm good, <laughs> you know, exactly. This is where I stop. This is where I get off the cannon train. Well, okay, um, and so knowing all of this, knowing the ratings are declining, knowing that uh, Ryan Murphy was like, oh, look. American Horror Story. This is way more interesting to me. Um, it's um, he gets two years. Oh, and I heard a rumor, and I don't know how this is true. How much is this? If this is true, but I heard a rumor that his original pitch to Fox was, "I want to do two more longer seasons, a season four and a season five, and mm-hmm. like a thirty episodes." And that's kind of what he did anyway. Um, I, you know, so. Um, that's why the structure is kind of weird. And I don't, but I don't know, like by the time season four starts to get interesting, it starts to go on too long. Like, yeah, yeah, there's some interesting things, but you can tell they're just vamping until they get to the end of this. And then it bleeds into season five, where as much as I love season five, you're like, oh, God damn it. When is Blaine finally going to graduate? I mean, come on. Season five needed to have. And you know they were they were pushing it so that they could get that damn hundredth episode to be like or where they needed it to be. Yeah. Um so But don't they know the alumni come back every two weeks anyway? So yeah. you know <laughs> that's the other thing. Um oh you know, I thought American Horror Story started in two thousand twelve. It started in two thousand eleven. Yeah. So that makes maybe sense. I'm trying to line it up differently. Well but, no, that makes sense because season three starts to falter when yeah. Brian Murphy's Goes off. I mean, the thing is that Glee has an incredible cast and crew who you give them. I mean, we've seen the scripts. You give them those scripts. 
Wait, you give them those scripts. Terrible. You know, I also learned on that showman's podcast they Ryan Murphy doesn't do table reads. Doesn't yeah. believe in them. Doesn't like them. Yeah. So you're literally getting that piece of paper, which I mean, feel free to look it up, people. It's they it's are shocking. Listen to our listen to our script podcast because we yes, listen. They're terrible. We are, and this is they should the what what we should have gotten is things just as terrible, but the incredible professionals and talent who were in that show the cast and the crew made that show amazing which it's i mean they literally took a sentence and made it into a world which is a fascinating craft it really is and i i wish that glee got more credit for the juggernaut of work that it was and the only person who seems to really talk about it is chris colfer chris colfer goes out of his way to be like people that was a lot that was oh, a lot. But he yes. also is coming from the point of view of, yeah. I was a child, yeah, and I became an adult, and it was a lot. And we all went through something together, and we sur- like we survived it, but mm-hmm. we're dead, you know? Yeah. Well, what I was going to say, if you ever want one prime example, it's that you go to the um, Love, Love, Love script, and that one sentence that... Chris Colfer changed because you and like you yeah. read it, Stark. You couldn't even say it. It was so That's bad so and so awkward. And you can just see Chris rewriting it. Like no, and they um, and they did that and they made it wonderful. Yeah, like, it's one of the most beautiful things. You know, that, you, you have, know, Kurt says and and so you can see some of the times when when Glee falls flat. You're like, oh, this actor is just reading the line that they wrote. Yeah, they're bad. Well, I mean, when you look Good job, at writer. Sue's lines <laughs> without Jane yes. Lynch reading them, they're terrible. It is, she is a like a master. It's just it's amazing. So, so Glee really had the advantage of an incredible young cast, an incredible backing cast. I mean, they had Matthew Morrison, who is I don't like Sue, but Matthew Morrison is fucking talented. He really and he is. can he can do a lot. His performances are good. You had Jima Mays, she was good. You had Jane Lynch. That core set of people were amazing. And then they found these group of young people. Yeah. Um, I was including say, Leah Michelle to say, including Leah show. Michelle. Like, Leah I, Michelle did like there are times when Rachel isn't great. But you look at the scripts and you look at what Leah Michelle does and how she churned out i mean we can look i don't know how many songs she doesn't have a song where you're like wow she sounds really bad she's not talented she didn't do that well it may not be in her wheelhouse but there isn't a time when she tanked it and she's singing two songs an episode for even more than that leah michelle as much as whatever as a person she's a comedic actress like she's so funny she's very good yeah. And the fact that they just lost that, like somewhere in season three, like, well, we have to have Rachel cry all the time and Finn and blah, blah, blah. But she was incredibly talented. And they bring that back in season five and more so in season six, which I feel like, you know, I, I feel like seasons four, five and six are worth watching. I think there's a lot of, you know, when the show does and goes in a good place, there's really good stuff there and worth watching. But And Rachel is, you know, frustrating and crazy. But also very endearing in some of those ways. I mean, I'm trying to look. I'm looking for a count of how many songs she sang. Jesus, it's mm-hmm. so many. Um, um, did you go to Glee Wiki? I did, but then they're trying to do too many things. And like, oh. the thing is, 
hyper hyper reality glee is sort of wonderful and hyper reality rachel is incredibly wonderful um but at some point they gave her too much Mm -hmm. and they tried to tell us that what she was doing was normal yeah. But really, we needed to understand Rachel in the way we understand Will or Sue, well, which is, this is a flawed character in a wacky universe. She also worked better as the underdog. And when they're trying to give her... I found it. Jeez. 206 uh, songs. Wow. Uh, when I'm going to look at Blaine now. Okay. When you keep... Because <laughs> um, he's right up there. When you keep giving Rachel, like wow, let's just give her prom queen and let's just give her a Niata thing. And, you know, they felt given. I agree. Yeah. Like just let her, I mean, season six, I actually really enjoy her arc because she's just ridiculous and failing at being a teacher, but you know, it's funny and it's, you know, what, uh, whatever. So the other thing as an aside, I actually wish Chris and Darren would have gotten more funny things to do together because they're both very funny. They're so funny. They're so funny. Uh, yeah. While I don't begrudge any of my clean scenes, they could have had storylines that were not about their relationship, that were just part of the humor and context of everything. I mean, like, take a look at yeah. that scene with Artie and Sam, where they're talking about Artie having that is one of the funniest scenes they have, period. Yeah. Oh, wow. So Finn sang 106 songs, sang on, and yeah. Kurt sang 111. I wouldn't have thought that. Eh, it's been no, probably on the background of stuff too that might be part yeah, of it yeah but it counts had to go in there and sing it that's true what's Blaine at I'm working I'm working I'm clicking madly clicking <laughs> so um, you'll be able to hear it on the podcast because every time I try and do something um, 128 yeah that makes sense 128 it's not like a season yeah but Rachel didn't sing 80 songs in the first season yeah I know <laughs> so um so okay so kind of moving forward that we get their show renewed for two more seasons at season four and i think giving them an end date kind of the way again i I referenced lost when you have an end date for something i think that makes the story focus a lot better and this is just any story in general i don't think the way you normal sitcoms work or normal television worked for so long where it just is non-ending I don't think it works. I think no, that I when you have agree. a story, especially when you're doing a drama, when you have an ending, like if you do a comedy, like a sitcom comedy, whatever, you don't have any arcs in that. It's just a comedy. So whatever. But when you have, you know, something that is serialized and it has an arc to have an ending is an important thing. Otherwise it just drags on. And so I think them saying, okay, season six is the end is the best thing that it could have done. Because I think once they said that they have started to focus again, Well, Glee needs a goal, and the goal can't always be regional. Nationals. (laughs) And so, well, I'm just saying. Yeah. Sometimes, like, so the goal can't just be that. And everybody knows that the goal of Glee, like, Rachel's going to win that fucking Tony. If Rachel hadn't won that Tony, unless Glee ended after season three, like, it would have been a travesty. Like, that is the story of the damn show, and that needed to be in there. What age she is when she hits the Tony, that can all be debated. But that's something need to happen. So you get an end date, you get a time, you get, you get, okay, so Rachel's going to win the Tony. Clayne's going to be happy. Those are our 
ending points of the show, which is clearly true. And so then they get to work back and say, okay, so what are the uh, hills and valleys that we go through to get there? Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. you know, obviously there's what happened with Corey, which changed the show because it affected the showrunners. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> it affected, obviously, the cast. I think I, I think that it was really interesting that Leah Michelle was smart enough to say, no, we're just going to keep going. I want to yeah. keep going. Show must go on, right? Um, she's a professional, and she made. I think she made a really smart choice. I think that it would have been a, a weird, strained, strange ending for Glee to just give up. Yeah. After that, um, it kind of would have worked against the spirit of the show. I was going to say, it kind of goes against the spirit of the show. Um, yeah, it does. It does. Before we get and too also, much And in- also, I think we get to a point where we realize we don't actually need the Finn character. Yeah. For the show. Before, before I t- we touch on Finn, I, there's one more thing I wanted to say mm-hmm. about the season four stuff, which is kind of, I don't know. I'm not going to, I don't think we need to get into too much, but I know a lot of people get uh, have gotten on Chris mostly like reacting to things that he said in media about just being kind of checked out past season three or whatever. But I think the entire cast to an extent was, yes. I don't want to say a that lot they were, of them were showing up doing their job and that's that. Yes. However, I will defend Chris here because yeah, say. you look at those scripts and you look at what the other people were phoning in and you look at, who Chris is versus who the character of Kurt is. Yes. And, you know, we have it with Blaine. We have that video where Darren turns into Blaine and people are like, oh, he's really different. He's not just showing up and being cute. Like, no, like that's acting, mm-hmm. right? And I think yeah. people don't appreciate how different the character of Kurt is. And a lot of those things where people feel like Kurt's not uh, Kurt's not doing enough of this. Therefore, yeah. therefore, it's because Chris isn't acting correctly. And I disagree. I think that there's an acting choice. I think that there's a directing choice. And there's all, then there's also the editing Oh, choice. yeah. Which is, I've so, said every podcast. I'm like, the editing sucks. So there's so all show, those things. So. So, so I listen to, there's a podcast about The Good Place, which yeah. is fascinating because you learn all this back-end stuff about, mm-hmm. it's very self-congratulatory about how they're the greatest show ever. That's fine. Um, I mean, I like the show. I don't know. I like it a lot. I don't not. I. I mean, I like it a lot. I don't know if it's the greatest, the greatest show ever. Yeah. Ever. Um, but there's a lot of back end stuff about how shows work. And on the most recent one I listened to, they were talking. You know, the one of the actresses was talking about how, you know, they wanted me to do this thing, and I wasn't really sure if I was doing it right, and they weren't really sure what they wanted. So I did a whole bunch of different versions, slightly different versions. And then I just trusted that the showrunners and the editors were going to make it work. And it, Mm -hmm. and what they ended up airing worked because I knew I had a great crew behind me to do it. And 
I don't know who the editor is for Glee. <laughs> well, and but on top of that, so much of Glee's issues are editing. We th- we talked about it in the All or Nothing podcast, right? The things that they definitely cut around to make Kurt seem aloof mm-hmm. and not besmitten on that date. Even though mm-hmm. if you if you're watching it and you see like, oh, they just tilted the camera a little bit, they can see he's like full on heart right. eyes smiling. Um, and those are the uh, kinds of things where mostly Blaine stands were still very mad. They were yeah. very mad, and they wanted Kurt to do the big gesture that was not in his. That's not the person not that he his. is. And so his big gesture is, "I'm never saying goodbye to you. Yep. I'm never giving He's, up on us. I'm gonna I'll hug you. Love you. I'll always love you. I'm gonna hug you and look real nervous because fuck, I don't know what I'm doing." I'm yeah. I'm an adult now and I have to figure this out. I'm going to I'm going to be concerned, I'm going to be around. I'm going to not lose myself in a relationship because that's not good for either of us. Yeah. Um but the people who in my opinion just simply misunderstood yeah. what was happening with that character say that it's because Chris wasn't doing this or that. And yeah. I just don't see it. No. Because it, one totally of the things agree. that you don't, you know, there was a Nia Leah feud on set that he was the person who was, he was in those scenes with them. Yes. And there's no bleed there. Nope. You know, it's not, but people are. Actually, I will argue that he seemed more done with Rachel and, and that sure. kind of part of the narrative than he sure. ever, ever, Kurt ever was. did. Kurt was. And, you know, maybe the, you know, it's amusing to think of it that being the thing, but you know they work well in all these other times, and so I think that I think that it's a character, and you look at the script and you see what there is, and this person has to flesh it out, and you look at the. I think the thing is that with Kurt's character, the bar is very high because he makes magic all the time, and so when there's a scene that doesn't feel magical enough for what you are projecting into it, it falls flat for you. Yeah. Well, and, and, and to continue on with that, there's a couple of other things um, production wise. And you, the most obvious you can tell this with a quarterback, but most TV shows, most movies, but whatever your director will have you like five to 20, unless you're Stanley Kubrick and he'll make you do it a thousand times. Like you get to do it over and over again. Like you said, with that good place, you know, I'm going to give them 15 different takes and somebody, the, hopefully the editor will take it. These guys, they'll choose the, the nuance that they want. Yeah. Um, partly because of the structure of the show and needing to get so much done, partly because they were not the best production. Um, they would do one or two. And when you're doing one or two takes, that means you either get it dead on right or it's not going to be the quality that, you know, your editor is not going to have a whole lot to choose from. Um, there's yeah. a second thing I was going to say, but I don't I remember would, what I was oh. listening to that showman's podcast when Heather and Naya were on there and Heather mentioned how she was on some shoot for something and they had to do a musical thing and it took them like two days and the rest of the cast was like what and naya said like what please like we could bust out a music video in like an hour yeah which is insane that's wrong <laughs> that's i mean yeah. kudos to them for being able to do it but uh, um you know there's, there's a recent interview with chris colfer where he says that glee definitely took 
its pound of flesh from him. And I see it. I see exactly what they mean when they there say, was a like, recent, there was a recent it's a lot. That that? Yeah, I haven't listened to the whole thing yet. It's because it's the book tour. Because people ask him to reflect on Glee. I can't remember, sadly. Oh, you have to read. So to now I'm more just about that. Well, I'll find it. I'll, I'm going to finish listening to it and then I'll post it. Okay. But, um, but it's yeah. It was the whole thing. Just that, you know. There's. That's why I'm saying the kudos to Leah because she's mm-hmm. in every fucking scene. She's singing every fucking song, and she kept her character consistent. Funny when yeah. she needed to be funny, and you believed that Leah was Rachel. Even when, and sometimes she had bad material, like they all had bad material, and it was fine. I mean, I think the problem that people have with season four, Chris, is because they wanted season four, Kurt, to be this thing that Kurt isn't. And a lot of it comes from Blaine stands who are like, well, even when it's clearly Darren and not Blaine, he's charming, like, Mm -hmm. and likable, and he makes me feel good. And it's like, yeah, but Kurt's not going through that. No. Kurt's not that character. Kurt's, but, Kurt's realizing that his boyfriend has serious issues and is trying to figure out how he's going to be strong enough to deal with it. And he's hmm. scared. And he's just more of an internal character. Yeah. And, he and is. it's a, a whole is. bigger thing. Um, but back so, to the production thing. Anyway, like, these people are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree <laughs> with you. I 100% agree with you. I'm glad we had a moment to actually get that off my chest. Um, but, you know, going back to your production value, there are times when I don't think the directors understood the script or the characters. Um, and then there are times like I, I tell up, I have a suggestion, go find, there's a really cool YouTuber who does movies. Like for example, I just watched one on the Avengers Endgame and puts the trailers. They'll take the show and they'll, or they'll take the movie and do a trailer in, in seven different genres. And it really shows how much editing can matter because like, I'm watching this Avengers thing, knowing that it's purely Avengers, and then I it, it like makes it these different genres, and mm-hmm. it's amazing. It yeah. just is really amazing. Like you know, so the same shot that she uses in every trailer, when you play it with different music, when you play it, you know, in a different context, it just says something completely different. So anything matters. All of these production values matter, and when they are not working the best that they could. And I, I think Glee was a rush production. I Glee had to get done a lot of things that most normal. So like all of these musical performances, they had to get done well, you think in a short, the m- scripts are coming in at the last fucking minute. Yeah, exactly. They're bad. They didn't do table scripts. reads probably because they didn't have time or that people were going to criticize Ryan Murphy's work. I'm sure that's part of it. Um, <laughs> But it's and yeah, there's the, I mean, people are like, oh, but the Glee was so great in seasons one and two. I'm like, was it? I mean, really, was it? It wasn't. It was there's still those bad scripts in season two. That's really bad. Yeah, I I challenge people to like you just you know you fell in love with like either the darker satire or these characters at the beginning or et cetera et cetera, but the the quality of it has always been relatively the same throughout the entire show it really season three dips lower because they've got some really really bad plot lines in there but the uh, you know getting better or worse is i almost subjective it's like i don't know like i don't think it changed as much as people thought it changed so that's my chance yeah. about that um now we can get back to let's talk about Corey and finn for a second um, 
Well, I said before, I hate the ending that they would have had. Yes. Where Rachel gives up everything and goes to Finn, because that's stupid. Because that's not what the show's about. It's difficult. Also, there's, you can teach high school somewhere in the suburbs of New York. You can. Uh, <laughs> Long Island is a place. Go to Long Island. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's difficult she can to, come, to have this conversation sometimes because I feel like words get misconstrued. As I don't I, wish death on him. Yes. I don't wish any of those things. I just don't like the story that they would have told. Right. I think it's really wonderful that they wanted Finn to go back and teach his glee club. And I think mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense because his glory days are high school. Mm-hmm. It's the place where he sees. Well, I do think it will makes, again. It, ma- it makes for a cautionary tale of, oh my God, he becomes Will. How does he deal with it differently than Will did? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, hopefully he won't marry Terry. Oh God, that would be hilarious if Finn literally <laughs> married Terry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, like hopefully he won't make some of those choices. Hopefully he would have, you know, seen Will as the cautionary tale and then made different choices in his younger adult years and, you know, been like a glee director 2.0, like each one gets better than the last one kind of thing. And I think that there's a story there that keeps them like, that's what keeps the Lima story going. Um, and, and they could have, you know, continually generated new people for this glee club under Finn's leadership, all that kind of stuff. But they, Finn had to go to college. He had to get his degree. He, he, they did not have enough time in their universe for him to do it anywhere near appropriately. Right. Which they usually don't. You know, you go for away for a week and you come back and you're like, I'm a principal now. Yeah. <laughs> and that stuff never I have an advanced degree. I'm a doctor now. Yeah. Um, because where else were they going to stick him? Like, they can't just stick him in Hummel tires and lube. And he doesn't, he fiercely doesn't want to be in New York. And, you know, Rachel needs her dream. And I mean, it's so Finchel, it's so Finchel that they couldn't come up with a reasonable, like, um, agreeable halfway point. It's all or nothing. Yeah. Because they're not, they don't go together in that way. They were super meaningful at a moment. Yes, but and I think there's I something think, to be said about because Glee is so hung up on its first love thing to the point that it's irritating. There's something to be said that you in high school, a lot of young people, I know I had this kind of situation. You fall in love with somebody and then you get your heart broken and you move on and you realize that was meaningful at the time, but it shouldn't have lasted longer than it did. And it wouldn't have worked if it lasted longer. And that's how I've always felt about Finchel. And it could have been that Finn uses his experience with Rachel to find, you know, like all the people that they have Finn marry in their fix where he doesn't die. It's always just like some nice lady. Mm -hmm. She's probably also a teacher. She's kind of sassy with him, but like Mm -hmm. loves the things about him that are lovable and wants him to be a better person and likes Carol and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, the fact of the matter is, the people who are very well suited to be together long term are people who have shared goals, shared realities, shared dreams, or like an intense connection that bests all those things. But when Finchel has their intense connection, they're still at odds because of the things that they want, which is why Jesse St. James walks in. I need no plot. 
I need nothing. I need right. half a song and a look. And I'm like, husband, that's who it is. That's who it, it is. is. He it was perfect really then. Is. And it's not just because Leah and Jonathan have great chemistry. It's because that is exactly the kind of person who Rachel could successfully marry. 100%. And he's great for her. I mean, he, he pops in throughout the show and says stuff like, wow, you really are special. And the other one's like, wow, you really are special. And that's really important to each of them. They appreciate each other's talent. They lift each other up. They challenge each other. And neither of them is the moral compass. So they work, you know, they can have their fits of insanity without it denigrating their relationship. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <sighs> sorry. Just stretching. Um, I, I, the other thing that's kind of awkward to talk about. Ooh, let's do. It. Um, <laughs> well, no, it's with it's that the show past Corey's death. The show says, "Okay, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna we have a goal to end it. This is what we're gonna do." And with we we don't need them. We don't need the live narrative anymore. We're gonna just ditch that a bit because even in season five the newbies take a back seat and you know we get to focus on all of these other characters that people have felt have been neglected for a long time mm -hmm. clearly nobody ever wants somebody to die especially in a tragic manner like it happened but um you know i think the show dealt with it really well yeah i think that the quarterback episode is one of their better episodes period yes i actually and, agree with that and i think that the way i mean i think that the way that they deal with finn moving forward there's a little bit of unspoken you have to read into it to understand that this is the impact of finn with rachel right. and with kurt and it's surprising that glee went that way because they're not subtle so that really feels like actor choices to me Right. Actors choosing to remember that, hey, this is the thing that matters and we like it. Mm -hmm. um, and I like what they did when Burton Carroll come back in City of Angels. Mm -hmm. I thought that was very real and very good. Um, I always want more Carol. I love Carol. Mm -hmm. uh, I, lo I would watch a spinoff of Carol and Burt. See, I, <laughs> just as a side tangent, I can't believe they wrote that finale episode and didn't have, and they wrote a let's dedicate this to Finn auditorium thing and did not have Kurt and Burt. Uh, Kurt, and, oh God. Carol Beryl. and Burt in that. They're called yeah. Beryl. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, they can't be called Kurt. Um, let's just start all Portman news with Kurt. <laughs> oh my uh, they couldn't they did not have those characters in that scene originally that's so, fucking crazy that's carol's insane. in the fucking pilot yeah. carol is in the fucking pilot so uh, just to yeah uh, and i mean you know she can't be in 2009 because that's too sad well that's too sad also not i mean because she was in the pilot they well, she would have only been way. talking to finn yeah. Yeah. But they also tried to do stories that were not, you know, in already in the pilot. So Yeah. So anyway, so it would have been hilarious to have some sort of moment where um 
that fucking guy who sprays the lawns. Like if he had oh been the customer, if they had done the similar like walking past thing where like that yeah. guy was dropping off his car at Hummel Tires and Lube and Carol was like in the truck waiting for something like Bert and Carol don't see each other, but they're in yeah. the same moment. I would have appreciated that. I mean, the fan. writers didn't even originally have Blaine in the original 2009 script. So yes. the fact that we even got that is pretty. <laughs> These writers. Are... I mean, and, uh, it's pretty amazing like that they would it's a, you know what it says a lot about blaine people blaine stands i hear you if you have a bone to pick the bone to pick is not with kurt <laughs> the no, bone to pick it's not even with, Chris. with it's <laughs> it's with the showrunners because yeah. the showrunners didn't want to make him a real boy no. And they they didn't. They resisted it for a long and time. And the, I you think the get reason scraps. they did, the reason they did, is because they like Darren so much. Like yeah, he's very he's very charming. He's great. He I don't like think, Darren. Everybody loves Darren. Yeah, I I feel like if they didn't like Darren, they would have never let it continue. Like maybe Blaine would have cheated, and he would. I still say the original. And it's some, some Nani got on my case about this, and it's interesting. But I think the original, original plan was that Blaine was just this, like, first kiss thing, but Kurt was going to end up with a Krofsky or something like that. Yeah, I could see that, because that's in the universe that they already built. Yeah. And that's a trope that Ryan Murphy would have enjoyed. Right. I had somebody argue to me that that, you know, couldn't ever be in the realm of possibility. And I'm like, obviously they changed it and it wouldn't be within the context of the show. But I think originally when you watch those first part of season two, there are little things that kind of point in the direction, especially if Blaine had only been a three episode character. Yeah. Um, I can see it. Yeah. You know, plus they like torturing Kurt. No, I'm kidding. God. It's, it's because they, He's an empathetic character who forgives things. Right. Now, and Grant, that would have been a story I that they tried. Not, yeah, I would not watch the show had they done that. I mean, I would have been I'm like, nope, out of that. Um, but I do think it's something that they had in the, you know, like on a, maybe if this worked. But then, you know, Darren came and changed. I mean, if Teenage Dream had not been what it was, mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't have made it all the way to prom queen. I mean, yeah. so. So, yeah. Good job. Good job, Darren. So anyway. But then he got songs, not stories. So Exactly. You can be happy that he got whatever I just said, 128 st- yeah. songs. Exactly. So, so yeah, we have the season five. We have the hard conversation of, like, you know, people, it's, it's not so much anymore, but especially at the time, you know, having conversations about you know, what happens to the show or do we like the show better now or whatever. Everything was so taboo when it comes to I talking mean, about. The the problems with season four, for the most part, are the problems of Corey. Yeah. What's going on at the end of season four? Why isn't Lima working? Why are yeah. they punting this first part of season five? It's all Corey. Yeah. And they just didn't. I mean, they were in crisis and they did what they could do. Yep. And they still produced a show yeah. that was not total shit. So yeah. kudos to that. Exactly. And the cast showed up and did amazing work. You know, now that I think of it, I wonder if how much of this, let's focus on the newbies stuff because we can't write Finn because stuff that's going on with Corey. Could be. 
Could be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I get that everybody wants to say, like, you know, Chris and Ryan Murphy were at odds and oh my God. all this kind of stuff. But look at who they chose to lead us through the quarterback episode. Right. Look at who they chose as the grounded narrator. They could mm-hmm. have chosen Will. It would have made a lot of sense based off of their point of view to choose Will. And they didn't. They gave that big job to Kurt. Mm-hmm. So let's jump into a little bit more on this season five stuff, because it does feel like two different seasons, as we've talked about, and how the, you know, first 13 episodes feel like it ends season four, and the rest of it is, it's its its own thing, but it's also a precursor, it's like a prologue to season six. Um, So you really can cut season five down the semi-middle, and it's... Season five answers the question, which is people used to think, gosh, Glee's just like zooming. Like each, each season is a year of high school. And like, wouldn't it be nice to just slow it down and see if that works differently? The answer is no, don't slow it down. Blaine's in school for way too long. (laughs) Tina's been at that school for so long. Yeah. Tina's already really, it's kind of funny (laughs) because we joke about like Blaine being like there forever, but I think Tina and, and Artie, equally grew out of it like they just didn't feel like they belonged there anymore all of the seniors really because the new characters were just so retreading on old stories that these other characters that they're kind of not doing anything with in the background feel like they shouldn't be there either and people get unhappy about season five tina i'm well season four five tina i think it's great i think it makes a lot of sense i don't think it comes out of nowhere and i don't even think she's I don't think she's wrong. Well, I think she's justified. I think she's frustrated say, and she's justified it. And this actress got to act. Yeah. Jenna got tired so, of doing nothing. Great. Yeah. You know, people talk about Kurt and Blaine not doing anything with their couple, but look at Mike and Tina. They didn't do anything as a couple. Even like when Ryan Murphy puts the couples together, they don't do anything. No. That's why the most the interesting only, things. He's yeah. only the highlight reel. He's not the. No. Which is, he's, you know what? It's, it's great. Glee is basically a fic prompt. Oh, it really is. The whole thing. It's just, <laughs> here's, here's a kind of an idea. You flesh it out. And exactly. then fandom went, okay, we will. Okay. Which is why we had such a strong fandom. Yeah. You know, there's other shows I watch. I have no interest in reading fan fiction oh, about yeah. them because they told me the story. Exactly. <laughs> I actually 100% agree with that. Like, Lost. I'm like, I don't need to, you know, have God, a fan no. of this. Ugh. No. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, what do you even write about? It's all there. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it just got to the point. It's so funny because season five has some of my favorite things in it ever. It's got some of my favorite storylines. It has some of my favorite moments. It even has my favorite quote, which is, Lima doesn't have a zoo. Why did we think it did? And yeah, so it's interesting to me that. Um, I it's not as well revered as sometimes I think it should be. Um, it's it's unfortunately the lowest rated on Rotten Tomatoes, and I'm like, stupid critics don't know what they're talking it about. It really is unfortunate, and I'm sure that's the front half. Yeah, I mean, well, actually, the thing is, season five has love, 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 which is a great episode. Then they have the Tina one, that's not great. Then they have a quarterback, which is a great episode. Then they punt a lot of time. 
in it's Lima. Then, then they get to New York, and it's like, oh wow, look at yeah. this show. They could have really, and it, it's funny again, and it's because there's only like eight, six to eight characters at a time. It really yeah. shines because you—that's yeah. what a normal TV show can really focus on without going crazy, and. Like, it's a shame that we didn't get to New York sooner because just the possibilities. We should have gone, gone to New York sooner. But it also became more adult. Like, it went from, and even season six kind of stays in this kind of adult mode because they, you know, the newbies feel like kids, you know, but the kids are in the, taking the back seat. They don't, mm-hmm. you know, and you have all of these adult characters who used to be students. And, I, I know a lot of people like the whole, like, the kids stuff in high school stuff. I guess just for me, I personally prefer watching these kids grow up and, and watching them into these adult storylines where well, it's like, I like to really, play better. Like, you know, if you connect with Rachel, you want to see her whole story. Yeah. But even, like, you know, you Kurt or Blaine or even I'm just Sam or Tina. Or, yeah, yeah. I'm just using her as an example. But, yeah. So, I I think that they should have... They should have understood that they needed to give the New York... If they would have given New York two more episodes, we would have had more casual funny mm-hmm. because they were, they were dealing with a lot. They were trying to get a lot of angst in there, which they, they did. Were. Oh, they did. Um, we would have had a lot more casual funny and we would have had the opportunity for the episode where Tina come visits because she's... You know, she's a brown and it's not that far away. So Dina comes with it for a weekend and they have fun and they sing a song and it's great. And, you know, an episode where people, if you live in New York, people come visit you. Yeah. Right. And like you could have Santana and Brittany come in for like an episode and they leave again. I mean, which is what they did. But like you, you don't need to have them on every single time. They can be more of a guest star role. Yeah. I barely remember Santana and Brittany being together in New York. They weren't. Are they? At no. all in the same? Because no, I feel like no. the episode when Brittany shows up, Santana got is in there. trouble. That's when Naya got. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. She had to go to the timeout corner. This <laughs> is really what it was. Um, <laughs> oh my God. But well, I mean, you know, it's probably why they asked Heather Morris back. Yeah, they were like, we need, we need give us one of our. Teen lesbians? I, do you yeah. think about that? Okay, so think about the skit with, um, you know, the the bad t- Rachel TV show that they mm-hmm. all act out. Look at the Blaine and Britney scene, and when you put Santana in there, it yeah. almost makes more sense. Like, it does. Oh, this I mean, been... I think that. Sorry, I'm now I'm opening a package. That's really yeah, bad. Jeez, I'm okay. having a snack. <laughs> okay, I was gonna go get something to drink. Anyway, slowly suck on this piece of thing hopefully it won't sound weird um i can like, talk for a while some of santana's master work is that moment where she gets out of the cab and then gets hit by the pigeon yes like it's so funny it's so perfect and it took a few seasons of glee to get to that moment right but it's such a funny moment yeah well and i think like if you would put blaine and santana in bed together, it wouldn't feel as the comedy of it would have come out more than the oh, really. You're not giving Britannia or Clean a sex scene, but you'll do that. Yeah. Um, it so would have been funnier. I, I think so, but um, but yeah. So we've got yeah. the season five, and it's great. And I, I season five. I mean, like a, the, the overall 
in season five, I think one of the things that Glee doesn't do right is Rachel's really struggling. Yeah. She struggles a lot in season four. She makes a lot of bad choices. There's a whole, I'm an adult. I'm going to, and you're like, oh, I thought season three Rachel went away. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And she's not very funny, which is too bad because Rachel is so funny. Even when she's being crazy. No chill Rachel is my favorite Rachel. So, you know, like when they go to 2009, and she's got those fucking stampers and she's stamping those posters. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I well, love her. <laughs> there's um, some stuff in early season five when she's not the main character, not the focus. Um, uh-huh. When she's with Santana. And like she and there's that one scene at the end of I think it's Tina in the Sky with Times where she's like, you know what? I'm not going to make it. And she's just like on like this hyper like I'm going to do this and we're going to do this and you're going to do this and you're going to do this. And we're going to just have the greatest time ever. And I'm just going to do this. Or she's trying to, to hook up yeah. Danny and Santana. And she's like, you know, you're going to go have a happy little life and I'm going to play. Yen oh, she gives her. Yeah, she gives her a pep talk so and tells her to stop funny. with the boob sweat. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Rachel as a supporting character is way more entertaining than Rachel the main character. Yeah. The way but, she performs Gloria with yeah. her incredible no chill, like determined, like that determined mousy face that she gets mm-hmm. is so much better than glitter in the air. Oh, which God, I think is yeah. really boring. <laughs> right. It like, is really boring. And even though like it's a Rachel trope, like, Rachel thinks she's in a competition, or maybe she is in a competition, and Rachel cannot handle it with grace. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> you know? that's why Rachel and Jesse make more sense to me, because they're both in that same, same hyper-whatever yeah, yeah. of, you know, whereas it, it just doesn't work with Rachel and Finn. Sorry. It doesn't. Um, but anyway. Also, Finn doesn't... Jesse communicates musically. Yes. Finn doesn't. And so Jesse speaks her language. Yes. I agree. Um, so kind of in going in a different direction, um, I want to say it's a fascinating thing that I have noticed. The people coming into fandom around after season four, really we're in the season five and season six post series coming out. They are so much chiller. Oh my than god! The people, I love oh all goodness. of them. Yeah, they're, they're such like, a. They are a delight. They seem. They're to just like show. They're yeah. like, oh yeah, it's it's just you know I'm having a good time. Because <laughs> you can when you can just just watch the next episode. They didn't, that, they didn't suffer the hiatuses. Yeah, you know they didn't. They just didn't. They don't have those same traumas. No, they didn't. Um, and but I almost, and, in some ways, it's it's nice that they didn't have to do that. They oh no, I don't wish that upon anyone. And now anybody can just come to the show. I mean, it's on Netflix now, and all in the rest of the Everywhere. world. Yeah, and people can come and they just watch the show as it is, and you don't get hung up on like, oh my god, it's been like three episodes, and yeah. you know how chill. Yes, late in life fandom. Is. Uh, is and I love them. I love yes. all of them. They're all super amazing and wonderful, and they all don't have they don't have that PTSD. They don't. They I don't have like, it. And I, I say and this so with a lot of like love a very to those rational. That... Yeah, it feels like a very rational reaction to the content. Yes, 
it's, yeah, you can do, you know, you can watch the breakup and then, what is it, not even... Ten episodes later, they're screwing in the back of a car. So it doesn't, instead of six months and you're just like, oh, my God, the fandom wars don't stop, you know. But mind you, that's what gave us all the the fix. It is. Right? That's what gave us all the content. So we have to take the good with the bad. Exactly. Exactly. But also the bad with the good. Like, you know, it's... I, I do appreciate those people that came in and were like, why are you guys so upset? This is fine. You can clearly <laughs> see this is where they were going with the story. Yeah, I can. So. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm glad that we had the break between season five and season six wasn't... Like, if they had pushed everything... If they had pushed the New York arc to all of season five and then given us a, a hiatus where they break up and he's dating Karofsky... Instead of a season six, oh, that would have been a lot. Well, that would have I'm been glad, a lot to deal with. I'm so I'm glad, glad that, that it was, I got spoiled on that. I, I, I am glad too because it took me some time to be okay with it, so that I could accept the information that was coming to me. Yeah, and and I did accept it, and because I had my own time to get over it, like I really did, just have to get over it. Right. Um. It allowed me to watch what was being presented and appreciate what works. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about season six because this is fascinating. Season six was moved to Friday night. And do you remember that terrible show that was on before it? Do you ever watch I don't it? even remember what it was. I just do okay. know it was like it was, America's it, Funniest Home Videos or something got awful like that. Yeah, it was I don't something. know why they did that. I really, I they do, didn't but... have that much great content. I realized that they wanted to toss it somewhere. But also, I don't think it matters what time things are on because everybody has a DVR. Now it does. Not even back then, but like way like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, whatever. But when Glee was winding down, not really. But they still were playing to those old school rules. Um, I will say what I found out, um, shout out to Sladius, who talked about this on another podcast. Um where what happened was they were originally going to do the full 22, but Fox wanted to cancel it after season five. So what um, the deal was is that we'll put it on a Friday night. We'll give you 13 episodes and then something. I mean, there was some kind of deal made so that they didn't get it canceled. Um, So that's why it ended up on a Friday night. But um, well, they also have to fit however many episodes they have has to fit into the TV schedule. So if they don't have another night, where you can do a 12 episode and then a 12 episode, they have to make it fit in the whole rubric. Right. So it's funny also that Fox doesn't have a lot of short shows. No, they don't. Well, there's a lot of reality stuff that they cater to, but um, it's funny to me that season six going through it live felt very quick. Like we had a lot of build up to it because we had spoilers coming in and we knew since the summer that, you know, it was going to be a breakup. So we had all of these months to like process it. And then even by the time we got like spoiler rumor, you know, stuff for the wedding episode. So by mm-hmm. the time we got to the season, it, the show had almost finished filming and it felt very quick, like bam, three months and we're done. And mm-hmm. Nobody was watching. Nobody was really talking about it, which is, you know, at that point, Glee was dead. I mean, if you look at the ratings for it, it's terrible. Um, Glee was not being watched live. 
oh, it's really bad. But it doesn't take into account to who is like buying it on Apple iTunes, who is buying it or watching it later. Um, it doesn't take into account for that. But the people watching it live was, you know, abysmal. I think anybody that was watching it was watching it not on the night it was on. Um, well, I mean, who watches shows when they're on? Like, no seriously, I, 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 okay, so Loser Like Me had 2.34 million viewers. I realize that that seems low, but that's a lot of fucking people at the same time. I mean, when at you the compare same time, it to like, when you think of getting, but when you compare it to like this friends is, getting 30 million. Yeah, um, but that's before the golden age of television. Right. The middle of Glee is the launch pad for the golden age of television. And by 2015, there's too much shit to watch. Yeah. There aren't enough eyeballs for this yeah. stuff. So, and also then, like, what? So this is, those viewers are always, like, I think it's, like, the plus three days. Like, if you watch it off your DVR within three days or whatever, like, that counts mm-hmm. as basically watching it fresh or something like that. So, I by this time... And ratings work, but whatever. But by this time... Like, that's not a bad viewership rating at all because there's so much there's so much of the market share that you're trying to take part in. Um, yeah. You know, less than 2 million is a little low. Jagged Little Tapestry, 1.98. Hurt Locker, Hurt Locker Part 2, 1.85. Well, you people missed out on some awesome stuff, you know? And then... <laughs> um, and I'm sure pretty, they caught up on I mean, it's you pretty Netflix. steady between, yeah. I mean, we'll see what it's like. I mean, but 2.7 million people watched 2009 and 2.53 watched dreams come true. But you so, can look, I mean, it's been steadily declining too. I mean, sure, you go back of course it has. after, like I keep telling people like there was the 20 million people because of after the Super Bowl, because people watched Super Bowl and that I feel like Super Bowl don't even count because do you know how many people just kept it on and didn't actually watch that episode? Um, because it's too bad. Who, but, who but, watches the Super Bowl and then watches Glee? Yeah. <laughs> nobody. They tried, but nobody. Um, but... You look at after original song, they lose two million people. Yeah. I mean, what it, it is some, the same. I will say this until I die. Probably, Glee was not really a show that is meant for the masses. It is a very niche show that you know. Really, when it got into it, started getting into a lot of gay culture, which I like, but um, wasn't necessarily the general audience may not have been ready for that. And eventually, I hope that they will. They just take you know a, a, a gay show, and it's fine. But mm-hmm. in 2013 to 14 to 15, they're not there yet. Um, so, so yeah, I'm trying I, to compare. I'm going through fandom, uh, whatever fandom.com, and I'm gonna, I'm trying to find something that was like really popular around the same time. As when it ended. Dead. How many people are watching The Walking Dead? Which is check a show Grey's, I don't fucking watch. Check Grey's Anatomy because Grey's Anatomy is still like the number one regular network TV show, and it Grey's was. Anatomy. I know, that isn't possible? it possible? It's still on. It's still on, and people are still watching. Um, but that would have been because now it's Oops, like I season didn't like make fifteen it or sixteen. I was like Grey Anatomy. <laughs> Oops. Um, but that would have been in like its tenth season or eleventh season at that point. And people were still watching that. Okay. Let's see. 
Oh my god, I can't do anything right. Ah, but now I'm looking at arrow. Shit. How do I get there? Do you want me to do this? <laughs> um, I'm gonna look at Supergirl. I'm gonna because it came up. Grey's Anatomy. Because it came up. Are you googling? You just go to Wikipedia. You are so silly. Well, I'm looking at the nails. Sorry. Oh, are you still on fandom.com? I am. All right. Let me get down here because I'm on Wikipedia. So, in season 11, which, no, season, yeah, 11, which aired the same time, um, 8 million people were watching Grey's Anatomy. Okay. But that's comparative. Like, their first season, 22 million people were watching. But that was also in 2005. Yeah, when there was less And then it greatly goes down when in 2009, 2010, they lose 5 million viewers. Because that's when streaming started. It just, and now they have six million. And like, people are still watching the show. Why? Why? Anyway. Yeah. And the thing is, like, Glee is a niche show. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know what kind of ratings they get for other stuff. And so maybe networks just look at, you know, it's too much or whatever. Um, But I think that Glee deserved its final bow and i'm glad that it got it yeah it did and then it's funny that they still like the writers it's funny to me that they still try to cater to a general audience when they could have just because there's a lot of things they write because they know that just the fans are watching and Mm -hmm. yet they still try to make it like a cliffhanger on a commercial that kurt might not get married to blaine like what are you even doing stop Mm -hmm. like I know that's how you feel like you need to watch TV. What we don't know also, I need to throw this out there. We do not know what network interfered in and or how much network sure. inter- interfered. Well, or what also, they were it's saying. typically like most shows. I mean, the reason that Netflix does like one or two epi- two seasons, like most shows have great first season and interesting second season. And by the third season, people are trying to figure out like what the fuck's going on. So I just looked at um, New Girl. Yeah, which is also on Fox, right? So its first season, average viewers, 8.2 million. Then it goes 5.85, 4.61, and then it goes down, 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 and their final season is 2.18. Because, you know, people lose track over time. They still had 2 million people watching it, but their mm-hmm. last season had eight episodes. It was a coda. It was the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, season one of Glee, average viewers, 9.7 million. Season two, mm-hmm. 10.1, 3, 8.7, 4, 8.26. Season 5, 4.57. Season yeah. 6, 3.14. So yeah. season 5, mm, that was rough. Yeah. But I think also, as we talked about this whole idea of people having places to get off Corey dies there's a place to get off you know they yes, do the 100 episode a lot of places to get off pam well said <laughs> i same with you said <laughs> i was quoting you <laughs> i'm giving you credit <laughs> it was not an original a, idea i'm just saying it's funny okay i know it's funny it's so, a funny thing to say a lot of places mm. to get off there yep so so yeah they did they did they glee was so good at goodbyes 
so many places, so many times to be like, well, I guess I'm good. (laughs) Okay, so... Uh, moving on with my points because apparently we still have five to go. Oh, <laughs> we'll do it. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's fine. Sorry. we're good. We're good. Uh, no, I... Pam's doing coke. <laughs> so there's that. Now we have to we're leave that in. Get wild. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> one where Pam does coke. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, so the writers, you know, we talked a lot about season six and why they wrote it the way they did. Um, do you think it benefited from the shorter season, or do you yes. think that yes, I think it did. I agree. Actually, I think it did. I think, uh, you know, my overall critique is split the wedding into two parts. The first part being preamble to a wedding. The second part being a wedding and get rid of child star. Right. Um, and my master swipe. I wish you could. Why are you not magical? I I mean, you are magical, but I'm differently magical. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and it's, you know, it did what it needed to do. I think that it is a lot better than I think few people give it credit for. Um, and anybody, this is my frustrating point. Anybody who thinks that I don't care how checked out anybody was like feeling on social media or tired. And let me put it this way. Okay. I, personal story. I don't care. I'm going to just say it. I went to school to college for seven years. Now I did my master's degree right after my undergrad. I did seven years of college when I was done. I was tired. I'm like, I cannot do another year of school. I don't want to do another year of school. If you put me in a college setting, I'm going to freak out and scream. And I'm tired. Now, was college the worst time ever? No, I really liked a lot of what my college experience was. But Um, it's a lot. But it was a lot. And it was just done. And I feel like that's how I relate to what Chris went through. Chris didn't go to college, but he went to Glee. And he just, whenever he talks about it, it seems like it's the same sentiment. And a lot of them do. It's not just Chris, but a lot of them a do. A lot like, of them do. Yeah. And I think that if the crew were able to have truth serum, they yeah. would say the same thing. Absolutely. Because the crew isn't going to say that because the crew is going to say, hire me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I think, I don't doubt, like, yeah, they, they like each other. They are friends with each other. Obviously, they still all hang out in various groups and, and whatever. Yeah. They, but that show was tiring just the way, like, I felt about college. It was tiring. You get tired, especially when you're going through that transitional period that even though, you know, Chris was the youngest, but they were all going from being kids, relatively unknown children, to adults thrown into the spotlight. It's not an easy thing. That That's I can't relate to. It's just so much. Yeah. So, you know, on that Good Place podcast, there was a part in the very beginning um, where they had Kristen Bell on there and they were talking about, you know, how she came to be a part of that show. Mm-hmm. And she was like, on the one hand, like, I really trust Mike Sure, I think he's great. She said, but I had this hard line. She was like, I am not doing a 20 or 22 episode series season again. I'm not mm-hmm. doing it. So the fact that we would, I think they have like, there's like 12, it's mm-hmm. short. And she's like, because she's like, I have a life, I have children and I cannot be on a right. 20 episode show. Like it is too grueling. And like, Even on like she wasn't a, singing, a, she's talking about Veronica Mars, she's not singing and dancing and doing all right. that shit. Like she's saying like, it is just too much. Um, it is. And, like, and so it really is amazing when you think of all the stuff that they did. Yeah. It's not like a sitcom because I've heard, like, I remember Neil Patrick Harris had this, like, sitcoms are the best work. You just show up for the morning and then by the afternoon you get to go home and there's, like, whatever. It's 22 minutes. It's relatively 
easy comparatively. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm sure that's what it was like on How I Met Your Mother. And Friends and on The Office and whatever. I mean, you hear yeah. happier stories coming out of sitcoms. But on these drama shows where you have to put in a lot, I don't want to say a lot more acting, but a lot more of yourself into the stuff that you need to do. It's and then more when exhausting. you're singing, yeah. When you're singing and dancing, well, comedy, I mean, that's comedy can be exhausting too. Yeah. It can be. I'm not yeah. saying, yeah, I wasn't trying to downplay comedy. You're but singing, you're dancing, you're, you're crying, singing, you're, dancing, you're, you're laughing. Crying. Exactly. You have I mean, to look perfect. You have to be perfect. Exactly. You have to somehow not sleep and also look amazing. Then you have to record an album. Then you, you go know. on tour. Um, yeah. Then you fucking oh go on tour. That is the one thing that comes out in that Showman's podcast. Yeah. And the ones that they did, they did one with Christian Amber and they did one with yep. Heather and Naya. And the tour. And they were like, those tours, like, man, they Good just sucked a bunch of young kids into a contract. The fact that horrible that that that. didn't that that didn't break them, yeah. That they had season one and a tour, and season two and a bigger fucking tour. I think it's another reason why season four tried to focus on the newbies. I think that I do think they were trying to give some of the people a break. I mean, I agree. And people often say stuff about that tour. They're like, "Well, yeah, but like Darren was fine with the tour, and it's like Darren had a small." part he had a small part and he was part and And his part of the tour was in the little warbler room if you ever doing and he wasn't doing he wasn't doing the the heavy lifting that right that rachel and kurt and finn were doing on that show is just different morrison didn't have to go on tour jane lynch didn't have to go on tour yeah yeah but, but even personality-wise, when you look at Darren, and I mean, I just look at his life and I feel exhausted. I'm like, how are you even doing all of this stuff? That's Darren. He likes doing all of that, where you take somebody yeah. like Chris, who would rather just be sitting at home in his pajamas and writing. Well, he it's needs a recharge hard. time. Well, he did. He wrote a book while on tour. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's the, I bet that's part of the way to retreat from the nonsense sure. that's going on. Which is what sure. he talked about. Like, they were always doing stuff and things. And yeah. Listen to Jenna and really, Kevin's podcast. It's interesting. The podcast. Seriously, people, if you haven't heard the specific... There's a, the first few episodes of that podcast are really great. Um, not just the Glee versions, but the behind-the-scenes mm-hmm. Glee stuff is really funny. There's lots of really funny stories of, like, Chris and Kevin go, being in the girls' dressing room instead. Yeah. Because it was disgusting in the other one. I'm uh, so like, fascinated <laughs> that... Kevin, because Artie is so different than Kevin, and Artie. I is have such a better a, appreciation for Artie I do now, too. I knowing really do too. that it's a facade. It is because <laughs> Kevin was like, "These guys are disgusting," and of course, I really wanted to hang out with you because you just see. But the fact that it's it's also fascinating. There's a whole another discussion on this whole. It's fascinating to me that Chris was in the spotlight, being the gay of all gays, and Kevin was right there. Mm-hmm. And absolutely silent and quiet and still taking on Artie, this very masculine character. And it's just, it's interesting. Yeah. Anyway. They used to pair the two, they used to pair um, Kevin and Chris quite a bit in interviews mm-hmm. in the, in the, like, in before the very the beginning, yeah. In the very beginning, they used to pair him. And then as Kurt became more popular, then Chris was in interviews with Corey mm-hmm. um, very often. But they used to pair them together a lot. And I like the fact, I and I remember a story that when Chris went to that Chelsea Handler show and basically came yes. out on TV, Naya and Kevin went with him as support. They were the people who went with him. Was Corey? Him. No. Corey. I, yeah. No, no, it's Kevin and Naya. 
Oh, really? Yeah, it wasn't Corey. It's Kevin uh, and Naya. I wonder if that story got changed over the years because um, I originally heard it as Corey and Naya, but Kevin and no. Naya makes yeah. way more sense. It makes a lot more sense. And it's sweet. I mean, I just it I is. like the fact that they really, that that cast I know really cared that they, for each other. I know they really, that they had each other's backs. I'm going to speculate something. This is totally un... I shouldn't be doing this, but I'm going to speculate anyway. That um, I know a lot of people joke that, like, Kevin and Chris probably hooked up. And I don't really believe that because Kevin had that boyfriend. But I will say this. I think that Chris finding a gay... Kevin might be the first actual gay person that Chris ever met. Because Chris was so sheltered in his, like, hometown. That Chris meeting another person that's gay was probably... That isn't Ryan Murphy. Yeah, Yeah. that isn't Ryan Murphy. (laughs) Because there's Ryan Murphy, and then Kevin is much more normal as a person, you know? (laughs) Oh, God. Ryan Murphy is just... He's a lot. So, yeah. He's an interesting friend that you hope you don't have to spend that much time with. I love that we're getting so (laughs) off track. Um, (laughs) We're not. Where are we at here? Fast forwarding. Number 12. Oh, jeez. Life after Glee. Oh. Um, So, my... Thing is, How the show ends. faded away rather quickly. Yeah. I, well, it's because it started to fade in number, in season five. In season three, really. Season three. It went out of media in season three. Like, people, like, when you talk, we did the 10 years thing, and people were like, hey, remember that show that was around in 2011? And you're like, well, I mean, it was around after that. But people, the media, because the media has so many other things to focus on. Jesus. Um, it's not going to be like, Hey, remember that one time when we were all obsessed with this glee thing for like two years and that, then it went away. So here's something interesting. So, um, season six airs at the beginning of 2015. Yes. When no one's watching glee. Right. Chris Colfer wins the people's choice award for comedic actor, 2013, 2014 and 2015. Fascinating. That's seasons four, five, four, and five six. And six. Yeah. People like the show, the media. Then this is the thing. Like this is why it doesn't. I don't know. The media is going to focus on something for a half a second and move on. Yeah. Sure. Well, they have to. They have to. There's other things. They've got 25 Marvel movies they have to follow and ridiculous yeah. Batman read things that they've got to follow. And they're sure. not going to, there's little, but, but it should not, I feel like saying this over and over again because people are like, well, you know, because you get a lot of this resurgence of Glue that sucked. And people are like, well, I still love the show. It's like, and then love the show because it doesn't matter. Media is going to just keep going on and on. It has a million other things to touch upon. And unless it's Friends or MASH or I Love Lucy, they don't care. Um, I mean, Chris Colfer was nominated for a Teen Choice Award in 2015. That's a fickle group of people. 2015. That's yeah. the last. That's the last year of Glee. He didn't win it. But he's he was nominated. still nominated. Yeah, and I mean, he had been nominated. Oh, oh, he's got a lot of surfboards. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> that's <laughs> do with them all. Darren has a shrine. Like he has like this whole like. Yeah, I think, back room I think most most in. actors have. He's, it's his hoarder room. Just throw oh it off. God. I think Darren's most actors house, have I a spot. I can't imagine. Well, Darren, he doesn't live in his house. He lives everywhere else but his house. But, um, yeah. yeah. And, I don't know. So, that's my thing. I mean, that you're, I don't expect media. In, in 20 years, media will remember it again. And they'll trot it out. And, and they'll reflect like, on it. 
We're fucked on it. You'll yeah. get quotes from Ryan Murphy and from Leah Michelle and maybe Jonathan Groff of all people. And, you know, Darren probably. And then it'll go away again. And that's fine. That's okay. Well, think of the other Ryan Murphy shows before Glee. Nip Tuck. Oh, yeah, sure. But who remembers really very much of anything? I never watched it. A couple it. sensational things. Yeah. Yeah. Was there in other ones? I don't know. But like even American Horror Story, I think, will fade into Skinnity. What is the word? Obs- ob- Never mind. The word is I obscurity, can't. but I'm really liking obscurity. this obscurity word. <laughs> I know, because you're like waiting for me to butcher it more. I'm like, I'm not giving you more ammunition. <laughs> I was drinking. <laughs> I was having a beverage. Okay. Um, um, so, obscurity. So Kurt, his role of Kurt, Chris Colfer, was nominated for Emmys in 2010 and 2011, yeah, which is during the Modern Family Juggernaut. It's a Modern yeah. Family Juggernaut, so there's no hope. Um. But then but also, he was doing dramatic work in the comedy field, and that's just not fair. Yeah. But, but so for basically, um, so, but he's also the Street Screen Actors Guild Awards. Yeah. I mean, it's not just like Teen Choice and People's Choice. No, you want he's in the Screen Actors choice. Guild Awards almost every year, except for the last mm-hmm. two, three. So when you so. when I say to people that I'm sad that Chris Colfer is no longer acting, while I understand it 100%, he is a fantastic actor. So whatever. Yeah. Um. But I mean, what also, a crazy run! First time out. Jesus. Does not have anything to do with Darren. Like I, it frustrates me when you say one thing if you don't say something nice about the other. You automatically. I'm going to. I'm going to make a statement now. <clears throat> this is not. <clears throat> they don't exist in a duality. They don't. They are different people. People are different people. People do different things. Um, It is not a juxtaposition of one or the other. When I talk about Leah Michelle, I don't have to talk about Jenna Ushkowitz. And there's no rivalry. There's no different. I do think there's there's a fandom rivalry. I think there's some fandom deep things. But we don't have to pick apart and talk and talk about how... People are just different because people are different and they have different strengths and those things work out differently. It's not like Glee was a show that had two characters and then you're watching what happened with these two characters, you know, (laughs) it's not, it's not like, um, uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Those two were tied together for a reason. You know, they win an Oscar together, writing and stuff. And so people kind of, like, parallel their stuff. There's not, like, other places where, um, or like uh, Adina Mizell and Christian Chenoweth. They're both in Wicked. Wicked launched them. What are they doing since? You know, different things. They're doing doing different fucking things. Like, that's you even, know, you know, it's so funny. I was, I've been things. watching, um, I've been watching Queer Eye and watching a lot of interviews with those guys. And one of the guys on there is like, stop asking me. If I know where the other four guys are, I don't. Uh, they have their own lives. They do their own thing. We don't just walk yeah. around in one big group of five people. And so yeah, it's not like the show it's wouldn't be interesting specific. if they spent that much time. Yeah, it's not. It's yeah. not. Um. So anyway, our two cents on that. I um, mean, I I'm really, I think it's really great that um, Darren got the role in the Versace story, and I think he did a great job. And I think that that's a wonderful thing for him post Glee. And I think for the most part, the cast is doing 
they're all working and doing, but everybody has to have a little bit of downtime Mm -hmm. and they have to have a little bit of different. And yeah, okay. I admit I sat Eileen Michelle's Christmas album. (laughs) I did. As one should. (laughs) I was like a Christmas album for Christmas. But I mean, like, and I think some people don't get enough credit because she's going to put on a big red dress and she's going to sound great. Like she's going to do Riley. Oh my God, she is who's doing amazing. But the media is like, so oh, much. she now? She's not doing. She's not in our. She's not on the she's face of Marvel movie. Where is she? she's everywhere but all she's the am- time. Yeah, yeah. Like just because these people are not in your faces with a top new thing, doesn't mean that. And I've always hated that. With in general, like where are they now? Well, they still exist. Don't act like they died. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Amber Riley is hugely successful after the fact and really does not get the credit. But really, they're all. They're all doing things. Yeah. So exactly. it's great. And people are working to their tra- And some of them are doing crazy things. And again, to reiterate the thing about Chris Cole from The Tonight Show is like, it's funny, you have people in Los Angeles, like, if you're not on TV, you're dead. And he's like, I'm writing books. Like, I'm doing good. I promise. Like, and he looks I'm good. Both and Darren he is and doing Chris good. look like they're doing fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I'm more fantastic. worried about Leah and Michelle. Yeah, And I think the problem is it's hard to slough off Rachel and she needed to have some time and Scream King, Scream Queens kind of sucked. And, you know, she just hasn't found the yeah. right vehicle. She needs it's time, it. she needs it's time for her to get back on Broadway. Brian, oh, that too. But also, I feel like people need to move on where it's kind of funny because where, well, if she's one of Ryan Murphy's favorites, then why the fuck hasn't he put her anything, put her in anything better since? Probably because she said no. <laughs> <laughs> but um but anyway anyway um on glee making a footprint on society and we had a long conversation about this like another podcast about this but on the glee and say, legacy podcast yes. yes i think glee made a huge impact and i think that it's so emblematic of its time period and it doesn't get credit because it doesn't feel like this lasting thing well but what it is is it's it's a ripple effect Yes. You you pop in, you have an experience with Glee, and it stays with you. You have a memory. You have a thing. So it's maybe not the most important thing in your life. Well, I hope it's not the most important thing in anyone's life. Yeah. And just say that. Um, it may not be a high-priority item in your life, but you have an experience with it. It changes you, and that changes how you are moving forward. So Can talk about, like, the LGBT. Go ahead. Oh, well, I, I wanted to caveat what you just said, though, just as in um, the, the show itself should not be the most important thing, but the friendships and the things that you the, you um, cultivate oh, out of it. Yeah, no, fandom be. is important to me, but the show itself yeah. should not like any television show should not be the most important thing. Something if you're creating, sure, that is your thing. But you, it's like you need to develop real life connections. And anyway, that's, I just wanted to yeah. make sure that, that was clear. Um, the impact of Glee is not that it was this one singular amazing thing. It's that it was a very big, like if you imagine that you're building a wall. Oh, that's terrible. No, we can talk about road. building a wall. I was, well, okay, so I was, road. I was Let's go with road. If yeah. you look at the road. Because I'm trying to go with things stacking on top of each other. Yeah. Glee has a very big, very big piece of that. Yes. Towards the row forward, and it's it works off of what came before it, 
and yes. it inspires things that go after it. And it had a big, it had a big footprint. It had a big ripple effect where, you know, now people are fine with gays. I, I do mean, that in air quotes and I'm on a podcast. Yeah. So that was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so there are things we're, we're, the, around the word fine. Now people, gay. you know, musical theater is less taboo now that oh God. <laughs> the well, okay, we can so, all accept Hamilton because of, I'm just saying it did things where you had an experience with it. It perhaps altered a perception, widened a viewpoint, changed your mind, made you appreciate something, made you hate something. I don't know, but it did but, something that sticks with you and ripples forward. It's like, okay. not the beginning or the end. It's just a very important part of the middle. Part of the journey. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, my God. You guys should do a, a drinking game on the finale. Every time I say the word journey, take a shot. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I, I kind of, like, look back to, like, when I was in high school and I was watching Dawson's Creek and they had the first gay kiss done. Nobody really talks about Dawson's Creek anymore. And that relationship, when you look back on it, it's like they didn't let Jack really actually be gay in any sense of the word, other than this very special moment where he got to come out and to once kiss a, a guy. That was it. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time, get it all done. Was, Wrap it up. You got yep, two minutes. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Or, and then the coming out process was this huge, horrific, like two-parter episode where he broke down and got kicked out of his and whatever. It's just this huge yeah. thing. And nobody really looks to that show as being some kind of like huge, you know, LGBT thing, but it was like, you know, it was one step in this process where Glee, I, as you said, it's just, it's farther down the road, 15 years. And Again, it's gonna. It just opens up these these passages to all these and, and modern families right there with it. Like I said, even the show says. Well, like, I don't, the thing oh. is, over the course of Glee, Glee became the big gay show. Yes, it did. So, um, but cool. I mean, it's yeah. Like maybe people won't remember it for especially specifics. I mean, a lot of people will remember it for Rachel Berry and Jane Lynch and gay, um, but. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they're gonna remember that's what they'll remember um rachel berry jane lynch teenage dream <laughs> those are the high points those are the high points um but uh it's it it's kind of like you know they say um your life connects with everybody else's you may not become mr famous or whatever but everything that you do affects everyone else in the world that's the ripple effect yeah that's the ripple effect and so you know glee more so than like you know there's a lot of shows that have been on for like a season or two and they've had no impact they've done nothing they're just dead like they i mean the reason that people complain about glee because it was meaningful to them it was yes. a thing. It was important. And you can slough it off and be like, oh, so bad, so silly. But you really, like, you know, you had your phase. And it was meaningful. And someday you'll look back on it more fondly I forgive yourself. find that the more people that were, not then, but now, that complain about Glee are, are teenagers. Like, oh, that show that I was on when I was a kid people were obsessed with. Um, or, oh, this is just not how gay people are now. And this is so, and you know, whatever, ancient. Um I don't find the older people complaining as much anymore. They've made their peace and appreciate what they have. And then I'm not trying to like, you know, cause there are some new people coming in who are teenagers who are amazing and they get it and et cetera, et cetera. So I'm not trying to say that everybody that is under the age of 25 is like that. I promise I'm not saying that, but I mean, I mean, I'm fine with people having criticisms of Glee where 
when Glee was on the air doing important community outreach work, we'll put it that way, mm-hmm. and they fucked it up, yeah, give them, give them criticism for that. Yeah. You know, when Glee is gaslighting you, give them criticism for that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I'm not saying we that. should praise it either. I mean, I like it's a, like anything. It's an imperfect piece of art where we can take what we love and say, God, that yeah. was awful with the rest of it. And that's what it is. So, And I'm glad I had it. So it was fun. It's really opening yourself up to joy, people. It is. And being okay if it breaks your heart. Um, so we're gonna get to the emotional part of this podcast because Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh fuck now, I just read the bulleted point. Uh, you <sighs> just made it explicit again. You went so many episodes. <laughs> like I did not. There's no way I no, went an no. episode without saying the first word. No, but that first one, you were really... <laughs> I'm really sad I don't get to see the real Starkey because she censors herself. Um, <laughs> you go back and listen to Wheels. Everything's fucking everything. Um, <laughs> is Wheels the one where I was on? I couldn't yeah, remember. It is. Oh, go back and listen to it. I love Wheels. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but the that sound was a special quality time. Bad. It is it was terrible. a special time for all of us. It was terrible. Please don't go back. I mean, listen to it. It's great. But at the same time, the first couple seasons, it's the, my sound audio is so bad. Um, so, talking about fandom, we have, you know, it's post-season six. And, you know, there's not a whole lot of people. A lot of people did mass exodus, but there's a few people left that didn't want to say goodbye. And well, that is where... Glee fandom has a lot of places to say goodbye. We had the end of the show. We mm-hmm. had the Tumblr purge. Well, even and before that, we had the exiting of Live Journal and yeah, we had forum shutting we had down. Platform and purges. We had show endings, and we had now we have a project ending. Yeah. So, so I'm going to indulge for a second because I don't think I'm going to do this on the finale. So I'm going to indulge here. Um, four years ago. The show ended, and I said, you know, I'm not ready to let go. I'm, I'm really afraid that if I say goodbye to the show, these people that I may become friends with will leave, and I won't have friends, and it will be sad, and just my life will be sad, and et cetera, et cetera. And so I started this, this you know, um, I started the website, the blog, to, and it was supposed to be a fic blog. It was just prompting fix. That's it. That's all it was. And uh, my friend, Maltz Korn, did, was going to do the meta side, and we were going to just go through this journey together. And about three months in, she's like, I can't do this anymore. I'm like, okay. So I got the meta. And then a year into it, we started doing polls, and we started doing tournaments, and we started talking about things, and people convinced me to do a rewatch. Oh, the podcast came first. I'm sorry. So yeah. I decided to do a podcast. Which is crazy and exciting. I don't know how to do a podcast. That's insane. Like, I don't even remember why I got this idea, but I got excited that I could actually talk because writing takes a long time. I don't know if you've ever tried to write something out and like get all your thoughts in order. It just takes forever. And so if I talked about it with other people that might like the show, then we can talk about it. In my case, fucking like it. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. You're on your point. (laughs) Oh man, then you invite people I just, like Snarky on. I just RB'd it just then. <laughs> well, it's so funny because RB's like, Well, I wasn't on your opener. I said, Well, but you're gonna be on the finale. That means something. Anyway. Um Kurt wasn't in the pilot. Yeah. 
exactly. So, you know, I started doing this podcast and I met a lot of really great people. And then we did start doing the rewatches. And you guys, every Sunday night, I don't think you guys get, try doing the same thing every Sunday night for two years. I dare you. I dare you to do that. Um, and a lot of things happened for the last four years. And yeah. it's been crazy. And there's, you know, this podcast has been amazing. This website has been amazing. This rewatch has been amazing. I've learned a lot of, about myself. I've a lot about writing, a lot about the show, a lot about production, a lot. Of, I just understand television and the way it works a lot better. Um, but like all great things, you know, it's time to wrap up and move on. Endings are okay when they feel good. Yes. And I have a lot of feelings, but I do feel really good about this because I feel like you did it. I feel like you had a, you had a plan. Mm -hmm. You did the whole thing. I did. And here we are. Exactly. Here we are. And it just feels like a perfect little book, you know, it does. You're going to, you're going to close the page. You're going to put it on the shelf. You're going to look at that shelf all the time and think, Oh, Mm -hmm. there's that book. And I love it. Yeah. And yeah, and, exactly. and we we all got together and did this stuff. To, I mean, the thing that's really beautiful about TDB is how it brought people together. Um, mm-hmm. Not just talking at each other on the podcast, though that has been amazing because you really get to have the depth of what people are like. Mm-hmm. But also the sharing of things on the rewatch. I mean, even the Discord has been hilarious lately. Um, and we have people from literally all over the world mm-hmm. taking part of this thing because we want to do something fun and good. TDB is super positive. It's not a place where people come and complain, though I do complain. Um, I think we all complain at some it's not. It's not a negativity generator. It's a, gosh, I love this thing. Oh, that's stupid. Um, yes. Gosh, I love this thing. It's It's people who want to enjoy the thing that we enjoy together in a way that feels really healthy and Mm -hmm. feels like like a reunion you know where you don't see people all the time and so it has been really wonderful to have the the structure of the rewatch has been great because um you know it is a little bit unrelenting but at the same time there's a lot of episodes to get to and it has given us all a place to kind of pop back in. And even people who were like, oh, you know, I'm saying something about this episode that, you know, I'm a couple of weeks behind on the rewatch or whatever. But it sort of reminds every, everybody about the canon content. But then really what it's about is the fandom content. Mm-hmm. It's all about other things that people have said, things that people have written, things that people are currently writing. I mean, uh, somehow I've some I've I think I've done all of them. I've done the first listen Friday post. Yeah. For every single yeah. one. And for me, it's been super interesting to go back and look at all these songs again. And mm-hmm. I'm furious I'm furiously trying to finish my I don't know if I've done my season five and my season six like wrap ups by the time that Mm -hmm. the rewatch wrap up happens. But those things take so long because I'm doing it made me want to go back and like because people rank things 
they rank episodes like for strongest of the season, weakest of the season. And so because I've been doing all this stuff with the songs, not that I'm really deconstructing them in some like super smart way. It's like, I like this, you know, um, <laughs> to be but, fair, we all do that, but whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying like, people be like, well, you know, this, you know, the guitar is doing certain, you know, whatever. I don't have a musical degree. I leave that to Pam. Thank you. Um, but <laughs> But it, I, I'm looking at the song. I'm looking at the songs, and so I'm looking at the show of what the story it is that they are telling through music. Because sometimes they are telling a story, and sometimes they're not. Sometimes it's last Friday night, uh, you know. So, which is so fun. You can still bop along to Darren singing Katy Perry. It's fine. You can. Um, so I just like I love to daydream believers so much. And I love the fact that the blog is just going to stay up and mm-hmm. you can look at this incredible fandom canon. That's how I'm going to put it. Of yes. this project that well, happened. And it's a collection and of everything people did because everything you've got people did. Including every the fucking ever. incredible Finding Kurt Hummel oh, meta series. That Space of that's, Orphan Road. Yeah, so many spelling errors on it. I need to go back there and clean it up. Oh, stop. Um, I think that's how I found you. I was it? it? Yep. Because I started doing... Oh, yeah, because... You know why? Because... Um, shout out to Nadia Creek. She was a real big champion of me doing it. And yeah. um, she was the first big fandom friend I made. And she got that out there. And people started... I think one of the first things I ever said to you is... It's really hard for me to ble- read your blog because the contrast between the gray background and the white lettering is too hard for me. Was. <laughs> it's still... It's, you never it. still it. is. I'm not going to... Oh, no. I'm not changing it. I just... Um, well, no. Because who, who looks at the actual pages anymore? I mean, yeah, you can just look at the side page. Um, right. But one of the things I was like, I really want to read this, but it's really hard for me to read it. <laughs> I know. Everybody said that to me. And everybody, I'm sorry. I think it's aesthetically very pleasing to me. I don't care about my theme at all. The whole reason I chose my theme is so that you yeah. could you could like it with have it without having to go deep into the post because Damn Penny yeah. had a similar theme. And I like the fact oh, that you I could know what go it through is? It's, and it's like it. Damn Penny. Because I had called her damn peen once, and she's like, don't ever say the word peen to me like that again. Oh, peen. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> See, she's in Australian. my head, I would like penne. I know. But that's not right. It's it's damn penny. And um, okay. well, I think it's so funny. Penny. So anyway, well, her name's um, Other people had penny. that. But anyway. I'm, yeah. But like her, her fandom name. No, I like, know what you mean. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, no, it's fine. <laughs> if Semantics. you want her real name, you can find it because she wrote some books. Yeah, um, she did. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's funny, like how much, like with technology, how themes used to really, really matter. Well, and there were an some, there were some blogs, right? And... Yeah. There were some blogs that you would look at and you'd be like, I really want to like this, Ooh. but I got to do three clicks Remember? to like the thing and then go back to it. Also yeah. the, oh yeah, mine's hard for liking things. I'm finding that out myself when I have to reblog stuff for myself. Um, but, um, I just do it on mobile. Um, like people that have like the orange and then like red writing on orange and you're like, Oh, you're hurting my eye. Like, stop. Yeah. I can't do this. It's too small. You have to like make your page like eight. I get it. So I get it, but I'm not changing my blog either. I'm but, not interested in learning HTML people. Yeah. Like, um, just give me a damn theme and let me move on. That's not the point. Just, so, well, um, but TBD is specifically done in, in a way for super easy. Super great. I love that. So. It looks great. It's beautiful. Also, the color scheme is important. So, clean colors. Yeah. Yeah. So, I noticed. 
Some people did. Some people didn't. Like, so we have this giant project that's coming to a close. And all I feel is grateful. All I feel is I'm sorry. You feel a little sad, too. Oh, I'm... Look, okay. I (laughs) wrote a post reminding people that... Pam is broken. It takes money to post post these things. So you should, everybody donate $5 to the PayPal because that would be really sweet. That's very sweet of Um, you. I wrote a thank you post that specifically had links to all the stuff that we've done so people could Mm -hmm. very easily go back and find those things and also donate if they feel so moved so that we can keep the podcast. than something I could have done. I was just really impressed. Well, that's impossible. Uh, And... And a link if people wanted to support it so the podcast can stay up longer. And, like, when I say, like, I'm crying, I'm emotional, I don't usually literally mean that. But I I cried writing that. That's why I give you all those quotes on endings. I try not. I tried. I try not. Look, I don't like crying out in public, people. You will you will not see my fleshy underbelly. I will not be vulnerable with you. That's I actually but, cried. People, I don't know if you've really. I actually cried writing the last meta post for Finding Kurt Hummel. Oh, like yeah. when I was doing I Dreams Come True, so I just cathartic. wrote down, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. So, I I have a lot of sadness because I cherish it, but I don't have sadness because it's bad, or and that it's even over. I mean, you are that, first of all, it's over, not over it's, yet. It's not true. over yet. So maybe it won't ever end. No kidding. If I die <laughs> it's now, it's going to end. end. <laughs> <laughs> we'll carry it on in your name. We'll dedicate the finale to you. <laughs> oh, yeah. If I die. If you die in the next three not. days, I will actually be very upset. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I promise not to die. Please do not die in the next I will not days. die before October 20th. Oh, my God. I'm sticking it out. People. I'm not going to die. <laughs> I haven't died yet, so maybe death doesn't really happen. <laughs> I've never seen it. I'm not cutting this. This is great. This is classic snarky. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing um, is, the funny thing is, and I, I guess I want to maybe take a chance, second to explain this to people. Snarky's actually much more upset about this than I am. <laughs> but I feel, again, like I talked about college earlier in the episode. I have been through well, so much. You've been doing the work. I mean, the fact of the matter is, you have been doing so much work. I want you to have less work. The yes. work is a lot. And I am so proud of this. Good job. You should so be proud. proud of it. You should but I'm be also proud. So tired. Well, and yeah, I and just, you've been through a lot. So it's fine. It's good. Like we're going out on a high note. You know this. TDB is the clean, raised hands, victoriously walking through New York City. I mean, that's <laughs> where we're at. And it's, and it okay, always, it's okay for you to feel done because you fucking you, did it. I you did I, it. Amazing. Uh, everybody in the segments have been so very complimentary. And I don't, like a lot of, most of the time you say something nice and I'm like, yeah, I know I'm awesome. But it was very hard to like, I, I'm like, I'm, I promise I'm not doing these little segments just for you to tell me how awesome I am. Like that's, and everybody had like their two cents to say all of this stuff. And I'm like, I'm just so grateful. Like, thank you. Like this was a chance for me to say how awesome you guys were. I wasn't really, I wasn't doing this for like a bunch of compliments. So it was very hard to take all of that at once. It was kind of amazing. Um, and you guys will all get to hear it in the finale, but, um, 
shoot. I forgot what I was going to say. You were saying that people complimented you and it felt weird. Yeah. Yeah. But if, if I, I'm, it was very sweet. Um, but I think what I was going to say earlier, though, this has been my second job. Like, I do work a 40-hour job. I'm full time. I don't get paid for this. And like every time, you know, you guys can just pick it up on Sundays or a new post gets blogged or you see the queue running. Like that's hours that it takes me to do all of that. It really and is. It's it just a lot. And you've to done it up. by yourself. Yeah. That's the other thing. And I mean, so, like a lot of people are like, hey, you guys at TVD. I mean, like, you mean me? I mean, yeah, I'll no, give it's other just, people some credit. It's just Pam. Like just the rest me. of us do like five minutes for her two hours of time. Yeah. A shout There's out been to two podcasts ever where she didn't have three. to host it. There's three. three. Yeah. Three. She still had to record the thing. She still had to be there. Edit it. She still had to edit it. She still had to post it. So while she wasn't physically talking three yeah. out of 160 and that's just the podcast part. Like, there's so yeah. much more. It's so incredible. It's a And you remember the work. early days when like Poseidon would show up or I couldn't oh, get the it was, like soft recording. There was one that we had to like literally record all over again because it didn't Yes. I can't remember. I think you were that on that though. You were on that though. But see. And and it's because you're so wonderful that people want to do this. That's very you sweet. are a very positive project manager thank you um thank you and really though it's you know a testament to the people that i have around me too because i you know as frodo says to sam in lord of the rings i couldn't have made it very far without you and snarky you are my sam so well that's very sweet that (laughs) feels that feels like too much of a compliment but I like that, so I'll take it. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're like me, you can't take compliments very well. Um, <laughs> it's weird. Oh my god, the spotlight! Oh, get it off me. <laughs> um, yeah. Mutual beneficiary. Like, what is it? What is it when like a the two organisms like benefit? Symbiotic. From... Symbiotic. There we go. It was symbiotic relationship. Symbiotic. So we're venom. <laughs> <laughs> I get to be the creature. <laughs> You can be the dude. No, I'll just be Peter Parker. Um. Anyway, oh what am God. I then? The suit? venom. The, yeah, I'm the still venom. venom. You're still venom. These two people. These two people. Oh, oh, I don't get to be. You know what? Symbiote. Another podcast. I will explain the whole thing. Anyway, not on this one. I didn't don't get care. it. It's all right. Doesn't understand comics. This is true. Someday ask me to explain Cyclops and his many marriages. Um, <laughs> Someday we'll be in the same literal location and yeah, we'll I watch will. we'll watch that show Legion together and oh you'll get God. to experience what my poor husband gets to experience. Which is, what the fuck is what's happening? <laughs> this will be fantastic. I love it. I love it. Like there's so much pausing of like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. What is this? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> but you know bringing it around like this is the what i mean like we've gone off on a tangent as we usually do but the point is like this is what comes out i mean yeah we start with glee and oh man i wish i remember the whole trailer bit uh for um the end of Endgame because they talked about like you start with something and you add something else and you mix it all together and you get this and it's an amazing thing yeah. and 
I mean, yeah, I did a lot of the work, but the people I've had on and people I've become friends with, they're so amazing. The fandom project has been and so the fact amazing. that I, I my goal has been achieved in that I've gotten to say everything that I wanted to say. But um oh that's what I was gonna say. The amazing thing though is that when the show ended, people said, you know, I feel like I've said all I wanted to about Glee and they moved on. And I'm like, I haven't yet. I haven't had a chance to read yeah. you know do it. But I have now, but there have been a couple new people on like the Discord channel who are like, Hey guys, I just had this revelation about season three and it's something we talked about years ago. And mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, but it's fun to watch those discoveries being had. It's great. And and fandom know. has it has the platforms, it has the places, we have AO3, we have all this stuff. I mean fandom doesn't have a online platform yet. No. I would love AO three to have a version of a Tumblr kind of thing. Yeah. Because then we'd be fun. set. Then we'd be set. But and we make I mean, our own rules. But like there's so many fandom projects that have started and then yeah. stopped because people run out of steam. And they this do. one this one didn't kept going because <laughs> I'm I was told very young age I'm very tenacious. So good. Good for you. Yeah. Um so I'm so I'm really pleased and proud at the scope of the project. And I feel like it's a really wonderful like I said, little book of canon of canon fandom, and here you go. Lisa you know? Kudrow, when she ended Friends, said something along the lines of, you know, I'm sorry that people are sad, but you can always go back to the beginning and, and start over again and relive that. And Which just is what like we did with the rewatch. <laughs> exactly. People are like, are we going to do another rewatch? I'm like, you can do it. Go for it. Like, I'm not going to man it. But doesn't mean it can't happen. It doesn't mean, and it also doesn't mean, I mean, we still have the Discord channel where we can still talk about nonsense. We still have our Tumblr blogs. We still have we the still have, blog. I mean, we all still have all of the things that we've posted. You you know, we have the technology. We are not writing pieces of paper and making zines and shuffling them under a table like the yeah. great Star Trek grannies of the past who kudos to those ladies. That's amazing. Oh yeah. We stand on their shoulders. Um, yeah. Um, so we still, I really feel like TDB also gave us some reinforced infrastructure of connecting to each other because it's going, it's going to go, the posts are going to go dormant. Well, actually the fic blog isn't going to, that one's no. just going to keep going. Yep. Probably forever. I really should probably <laughs> talk. Shout out to Nikki's random things fan because she technically has been running that since like the second day I opened it because I'm like I'm not doing two blogs. She has been. And we don't talk about that enough. She has been doing an and amazing I need job. Yeah, amazing She's job. Amazing. And and I don't, I don't know give if her she credit. reads all the fix before no, she, she posts that. That no, seems insane. She just keeps an eye on, make sure they're all tagged. And I kudos yeah. to her because I'm like, hey Nikki, I don't know how to blo- I don't know how to tag this. Please tag this for me <laughs> in my in the notes. And she's probably like, oh god, not again. Um, so bless her. Shout out to her because she's not on the podcast, but I, I and she's done a lot of really hard work over the years, and a lot of people have done a lot of really hard work over the years. And then there's RB, who's some reason I keep asking back, but you know, um, kidding. Um, but. It's been yeah. a great project. Yeah. It's been yeah. it's been a ride. Go As us. you can see, we're packing and leaving to go on a trip. Sorry, I was unzipping something. Oh, it sounded like you're zipping. I'm like, okay. I'm unzipping. I'm unpacking. Oh. But it's fine. <laughs> oh, I have on a sweatshirt and I got hot. 
<laughs> Ooh, take it off, Snarky. Um, Behind the scenes, it's all <laughs> happening. Um, oh my God, we, you know, unlike this podcast, all things have to come to an end sometimes. So. <laughs> yeah, even this podcast does. Even this podcast. Wrap it up, people. No. Wrap it up. We're um, gonna have a finale podcast. It is going to be yeah. beautiful, and it's gonna be beautiful, and amazing, and a lot. Of I fun. feel really, I feel really thankful that Glee got that sixth season to close its book and put it on its shelf. Yeah. And I feel re- even more thankful that fandom got this project to have as its fandom canon book put on the shelf. And it, fandom keeps going. I mean, everybody talks about how like, oh, Glee fandom is shrinking and all these things are different. And it's like, yeah, things are different. Things change over time. And everybody will keep that little bit of something. You know, you you take yeah. parts of what you are and you and you keep it and you move along the way. And And it's, I'm not saying goodbye to Glee. My blog Mm -hmm. is going to change significantly because I won't have the rewatch structure. Mm, What are you going to blog now? Now that. What am I going to do? God, just my deranged mind. I don't know. No, I mean, I won't. won't. (laughs) There's plenty of other stuff. Here's the thing that's hilarious. I have a queue and I'm. I don't just like put things in there and then let it post whatever. I pick the like specific time that things <laughs> space overruns two weeks ago in the news blog. Yeah. <laughs> I pick a specific is. time. It is a specific time um, that things are going to land. So I've had stuff that I found and then I go and I look at your rewatch schedule and I'm like, oh, this is the week where that needs to go in. And right now my queue is down to. 134 things it used to be like mm, 500 plus you, how did you get it plus 500 probably because you scheduled it because you can't put things just in your queue over 300 oh, maybe maybe i didn't or maybe things changed i don't know it used oh. to it used anyway it's my queue is really small is what i'm trying to say mm. because um aside from that thing that i mentioned in the family podcast where i think i might have accidentally scheduled something for 3019 2019 <laughs> so we'll see we'll see when it pops out i'm not going to scroll down through 134 things to see what the last one is oh um, my gosh but you That's know funny. i have i i'm pretty sure i have a clean post in there that's like valentine's day specific mm-hmm. you know like i have all that kind of stuff so we'll just see and you know, maybe there's something I haven't finished and there's other Glee fandom stuff that's going to be happening. There'll be more, there's, there'll be writing challenges. I mean, I've been kind of, busy, yeah, I, so I haven't been reading very much. I'm going to be reading a lot more, which means I'm going to be catching up on stuff and posting about that. And, you know, things keep mm-hmm. going. I thought it was funny because like you were talking about how I don't give you my schedule anymore. And then, but yet you're already doing, like you said, you have five spreadsheets for this next project that you're working on. So, oh, I'm just helping. I'm not managing it. Um, But, uh, but don't think for a second that you're off the hook with this big bang (laughs) thing. (laughs) So, (laughs) uh, you know, there's going to be, you're going to be roped in here. All right, we'll see. There's multiple levels of participation that people can do, including, (laughs) including, the long, the long form fic. Mm. <laughs> I just don't want to post it all at once. I don't like posting it all at once. It's my problem. Like I did that for the one and I'm like, it's more satisfying to post a chapter a week when it's done. Anyway, this is logistic stuff that like we really need to wrap this yeah. podcast up. So we yeah. can talk about after the podcast. Anyway, people anyway. will be doing things. The thing is that I think it's fine if people's yeah. blogs 
are all the different things that they like. Yeah. So they already are. I don't. I mean, you either like the person or you don't. Um, and and you there's, move on. you know, there's always the spot on the Venn diagram where everybody agrees and it's fun and it's great. Yeah. And I feel like I've cultivated a dash that makes me happy. Like all 800 people. Okay, that's fair. Let's take a look. Because I don't unfollow people unless they unless they drive me crazy. So, like, if you had a blog once, you probably still have it. Let's just see. Here. I, like, follow, like, 100 people. You have, like, 800. It's funny. I'm anyway. following. Wait, how many do I follow? 570. There. My God. Half of those you are dead. keep track of that. I don't even know. Anyway. Anyway, the point anyway. is that Glee Half is forever. Half of them are gone. Probably. Still like 375. That's a lot. That's true. The Glee is always going to be in our hearts. And yeah. I'm extremely proud of this project. I'm extremely feel like I've finished a thing. I feel like I've finished my thesis on Glee. Yeah. And. I mean, I will say this. And I hope I'm never wrong. I'm never <laughs> going to change my icon, my avatar. I'm never changing it. Because that's my whole like that's my place that's my that's my this is where i became engaged in fandom yeah. so i i'm not changing my name well why would i it's not specific I to mean, anyone fandom that it's, it's you. so perfect very um like. and i'm not ever changing the avatar not just because when people change so many things i'm like who is this person <laughs> but um, like i feel very much like this is where i am and this is where it started and this is what feels good and i may never have a fandom that i take part in in the same way that i take part in glee fandom, well, but likewise. i take part in fandom overall yeah and, and that feels good yeah i mean um my mine is like like space orphan isn't even from glee i mean it's like you, nope. you take things that you pick up along the way and i've thought about changing my avatar um but it's so far removed from like when people remind me that it's Quinn, I'm like, oh, right. It's actually a picture of Quinn. I've completely forgotten because I've self-identified with that photo for so long. Mm -hmm. It looks just like you. <laughs> God. Yeah, just like me. Um, <laughs> um, yep, and you look like Nick Fury. Um, I do look like just like Nick Fury. You do. Uh, but anyway. So... There we are. Um, I was going to make a joke about, um, you know, how, just because I'm going to prolong this until everybody leaves, um, you know how if we talk about Spider-Man as if he is our child? Well, we would be, our, our name would be Snarky Orphan, and I think that Peter Parker is a snarky orphan because he has <laughs> no parents, and he makes jokes. Oh. And see, it's so sweet. Not anyway. a space hag? <laughs> so space, better than space hag. She's yeah. out there going through the universe being problematic <laughs> anyway so this is the end it's time to wrap up um and um snarky i want to say i am so glad that you're here with me at the end of all things and, i'm glad um, too i know it's not really the end but i'm glad to be here at the finale of this it's not the finale yet at the close of this project the closest because project. I have so much love for what you've achieved with this. I just feel really lucky to be able to be 
part of the support team. It's been it's a, it's a great group. Everybody who's come group. and gone and still here and was here just once, everybody. Good people. Good people. Good people. Yeah. So next week we have the finale. Oh my god. I'm gonna open um, my spreadsheet. <laughs> um, so many people are coming back um, a lot of people are coming back everybody got... that we could possibly get and there are people who a couple people who couldn't make it and a couple people we couldn't get but they are with us in our hearts and and i hope that they get to hear it and get to know how much they are loved and appreciated for taking part in our 16-hour finale podcast. Um, it's going to be long. I'm going to try and edit it down, but it's going to be long. And, you know, RB and Starkey are going to be with me holding my hand as we go off into the sunset. And <laughs> Like Thelma and Louise. <laughs> All right. Nobody's driving off a cliff. <laughs> Spoiler alert. RB um, and I are Thelma and Louise and you're the car. Oh <laughs> you're the engine behind the whole thing and we're the dumbasses driving off a cliff. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> That's it. That's the show. Um, <laughs> so yeah, come join us next week. We are going to be October twentieth. It's going to be um, the finale. We're going to post the. We're going to post the um, finale episode that day. We're going to do encore because all of the LC people are watching it. Oh yeah! God Happy Elsie, everybody! Oh my gosh! What a well, fun it'll weekend! It'll be over by the time this airs, but I I'm hope you guys saying, all have a great time. I'm sure they will. I look. I maybe I by the time this airs, I will possibly be caught up on all the posts. <laughs> There's going to be a bazillion. <laughs> um, but uh, come join us next weekend. We are going to be watching 2009 and Dreams Come True on the Discord channel together. And lots of ending posts. There's a celebration going what on. What times I've... are they again? I can only remember okay, the one so that I Okay, so it's part 12 p.m. and 9 p.m. I was like, oh, let's do 8 o'clock in the morning for the Australians. But then they're like, what's too, too late for us? So whenever they want to do one, I'm more than open. They can figure it out. We can figure it out. Not a big deal. Um, otherwise, I think that wraps this podcast up. Anything else you want to say, Snarky? Well, I love Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> But I also love you very much. <laughs> I love you too. And I love all of you out there, my lovely, wonderful listeners, whom this podcast would not be here without. So thank you. And come join us for the finale next week. But it's too late, baby. Now it's too late. Now they're okay Only me or oh my You're the apple of my eye Girl, I never loved one like you Found you hiding here So won't you take my hand, darling There's nothing that can stop you From becoming popular Lar Somebody misses you when you're
don't say 